0: Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like...
1: Friendly sparring with Leo and Joes. Friendly sparring.
2: The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joes.
1: Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show.
0: Yep. Um, speaking of that, I think we're already recording. Welcome to the Friendly no. Sparring pod- <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you, but all right. It says it in my in the corner. Uh, and I can edit that if we want. We'll see. Nope. Uh, but welcome, everybody, to the Friendly Sparring Podcast. The podcast where we answer the ever-present question, What That Mouth Do. Hmm. As always, I'm joined by my brilliant co-host, Leo. <laughs> What's up, Leo?
2: Oh, you know, just... Um... Boy, that's a tough question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like I like to start the podcast off just heavy as fuck. No, yeah, um, no, it's uh, it's good. I'm I'm doing good, man. Uh, my head hurts a little bit. I had a little bit of alcohol yesterday night, a lot more than I had in a while, and um, my body feels it. So here we are.
0: I I was thinking about having wine, and I was like, let me just fuck with edibles. Let me let me give it one more shot. And it was great. Awesome. I usually historically, and I've said this a few times on the podcast, and I think to you in life, not done very well at all with edibles.
2: Yeah. Um, Every story that I've, um, everyone that smokes weed or has smoked weed for a very, very long period of time, for some reason, everyone's bad story of weed involves edibles. Uh, Seth Rogen, Lil Dicky, all these like big people who smoke all the time, Mm -hmm. um, just their bad stories always involve one single edible. It's like I will never do that ever again. But Juice has decided to get back on that high horse. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm on my bullshit again. I'm On yeah. my high horse. Uh, when I actually when I when I visited you a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago in MA, mm-hmm. we went to a dispensary. It was a it was a beautiful experience going inside a dispensary without a card, without having to get hassled. And like whatever. It was amazing. So shout out to Massachusetts for having fucking <laughs> legal cannabis. I love it. Um, <laughs> I love everything about it. And Kay was like, I really want to try these different edibles. Like let's get some. And they recommended this awesome vegan one. And they're like little chews. And and whoever sold it to us was like, oh, you can't even taste the weed. They just say like, tastes like pink starburst. And we're like, okay, we got like strawberry flavor or whatever. And you pop it and you can taste the weed, but it's fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, th- what are you going to do? going to happen with that all. Like, yeah. What are you going to do? Like, it, it, as a matter of fact, I want to taste the weed because I want to remind myself, like, oh, this isn't at all. I need to pace myself versus like, like one of the ones we almost got was a chocolate bar, but they're out of it. It was like a chocolate peanut butter Buddha bar, something like that. I was like, oh, that looks fucking good. However, if you hadn't tasted the weed in that, I would have been like, let me have all of this. Yeah. Whereas and the yeah. chews are like, you can literally just like, okay, I'm going to have one. And then like the last time I had it, it actually was pretty good too. So I was kind of already like, okay. And then this past time uh, last night, I was like, let me just have one start the night. We'll see how it goes. I, I ordered my Bloomin' Onion on Uber Eats. She was phenomenal. Okay. Like phenomenal. Good. And uh, we made some Beyond Burgers as well. the The edible was like, it fucking hit the spot. By the end of the night I was like not there anymore. Like it kind of lost its effect, but I was like mm, well, fine. I mean at the
2: yeah, at the end of the day, you can't it's it's like this, you know, the idea concept as they say chasing the dragon or of like, you know, the the best buzz or the best um right. for for being high, I would I would very much rather shoot under than over.
0: Mm, that's true. Microdosing.
2: Yeah, because if you shoot over, on on edibles you're i think like in, in like trying to sleep in a bathtub with a shower trying to run and and scared and having chills all over your body something like that i, I don't know the story fully but i was do you, like you remember that. my story is that what you're quoting yeah. that yeah that's why i'm quoting that
0: we literally I'll, I'll summarize it real quick for anyone who hasn't heard or whatever just like the first time my experience with edibles actually that time i don't even think it was edibles uh i may have had like a gummy but it, but i could have sworn like whoever was running the party it was like a 420 party basically um i am pretty sure whoever uh was running it and, and and that person by the way used to work at a dispensary and make the edibles so they they, they made a bunch of stuff for the party and I, i'm pretty sure that the gummy bear i had they said it was like vodka soaked so i thought it was not supposed to be an edible maybe they got confused maybe i actually did have an edible but i can remember being like fucking contact high from the entire house like like remember in that movie neighbors when they're like a hot house and they hot box the fucking house. That's exactly what this shit was. And and I remember like we're driving home it it hits like 20 minutes in and I'm just like, Ooh, like when you're driving and you feel it, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I all of a sudden like had to put both hands on the wheel, like fuck. And Kate was freaking out by the time we got home. This is the part that you're referencing. I was just like, I need a bath and I got the water all the way up to like my neck Oh and my I'm sitting God. there like, you know, I'm 6'2", but then I was probably like 200-ish pounds, 220 maybe. So
2: <laughs> to fill you guys in, to stop him. Um, remember, he's 6'2 in a bathtub. So pretty much uh, he filled the entire room with water because if it was up to his neck, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> no, I got it. The angle of your knees, I understand. but Right, exactly. The, the like I'm, I'm just
0: sort there. of like leaned up against the thing like... <laughs> And I kind of, I don't know if I fell asleep for real or if I just was like, like when you're half asleep, kind of like, mm, I'm just resting my eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but no, last night was not like this. It was just, <laughs> it was just me chilling. Maybe because I also ate a bunch of other food and it was kind of like metabolizing that shit as well. But it hit, like it hit. And I was like, this is, well, great. and then it I kind think- of like tapered <clears> off.
2: The only thing I have to say, like, I like edibles, um, like the the effect they have. Just for me, they take they take way too long. Um, uh, they're like, yeah, wait, wait an hour until you need to see if you need any more. And I mm. I've done that, and I'm like,
0: sometimes it's two,
2: and I'll, I'll wait, I'll literally wait, and then I'll be like, I don't feel anything. I was like, you know what, let me just don't do anything, and then like uh and like you said, two hours, an uh, another hour and a half after, I'm like. OK, now I'm feeling it. it's like this is I want to be high now. So smoking is obviously like the easiest way to do yeah. it. It's just it's just an interesting. It's just interesting.
0: Yeah, it was funny. Like last night yeah. I was texting you and and I told you I, I had an edible. You're like, do some oil, too. And I was like, fuck, no, like maybe later, but I'm good now. Um, and then the oil. From my experience, like just the oil, I'm not talking about like a cartridge or whatever. Yep. Like I dropped some oil on my under my tongue one time. The first time it took it literally took three hours. I remember counting like it took three hours. Yeah. So if I had done that, I would have been fucking just not not nice even and toasted. Nice and toasted.
2: <laughs> um. All right. Well, should we
0: talk I about think- coheed?
2: Uh, you don't ask me that question. Um, obviously oh, we should.
0: my God. So <laughs> throughout my and Leo's friendship, like we said last time, 10 years, we're going on 11.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I have known that Leo's favorite band was Coheed and Cambria. And before I met Leo, I had heard like maybe half a song tops from them from like my, brother's brother-in-law and he was like oh my god his voice is just spot on and the guy was like mm, "I'm just in case my family listens i don't want to tra- trash him but like <laughs> not a fan of this guy anyway <laughs> uh so based on that based on he- hearing him kind of it up and the song i was like this ain't for me this ain't for me it was a lot of screaming and what you said is in like maybe four of their songs so like picked like the the one that would <laughs> would be bad and i was just like no so our entire friendship I've been like, like kind of giving you shit for for just being like that. That's your favorite band, and I was thinking about this. I'm surprised you've never come coming to me and be like, "Uh, have you even heard them?" <laughs> I would have been like, "Uh, no," <laughs> and maybe we would have fixed this sooner. But I'm literally texting uh, my buddy Gator the other night and uh how like I- i'm excited for everyone in mma twitter to like get to know you and i was like you'd like leo like he fucks with uh you know coheed and cambria and rick astley like all the time like that's his music true and gator all of a sudden out of nowhere is like oh my god have you heard the acoustic cover of or not cover but acoustic version of of welcome home and i just like he hits the opening fucking guitar lick, you're like you like and i was just like mesmerized and then his voice is out of this fucking world and i was just like what the fuck and so i text you i was like hey man listen gator told me about coed and now i'm in <laughs> and then you and then you were like let's start let's just send him all the acoustic covers you sent me their cover or, or claudio's cover anyway of englishmen in new york the sting song and i can't i can't even like that's that's it that's the pinnacle yeah, now, yeah. I've been listening all fucking morning, uh, and and now I'm just like, why, why did I deny myself of this band for so long for being an asshole, like hey man, a hipster it's, elitist
2: it's, Listen, it's okay. I I always welcome people to it. I don't, you know, I don't want to try to force anything upon anyone. Um, this is my own like my own personal preference of this band. I've just loved them for such a long time now. It's going on, oh, oh yeah, fifteen years. Yep. Relatively mm-hmm. is like when I got into them. Um, and yeah, man, they're, they're just the best. I've seen them 16 times live. Uh, I've, you know, I'm a, I'm a mega fan. I am I'm a, I'm probably, I'm not probably the, the biggest, biggest fan. I'm definitely not the biggest fan. I, I mean, uh, especially to the Coheed fandom out there. Um, they, they are a, a very, very unique breed of people that show up and, and, do not give up on this band ever no matter the ups and downs and whatnot but um you know i, I used to show up at 9 a.m uh the con to the concerts um and wait all day to get into the shows uh okay. i've already reached my pinnacle of coheedism, um our coheed experience yeah. um as far as like a uh shows go i um <clears throat> i got to see them with like maybe Thirty other people um at a ground show in santa monica um and it was the most amazing experience of my life claudio was uh like mm, i want to say like three feet away from me like three feet away from my face um and it was a ground show so we're literally looking at each other so when he's singing he's singing to my fucking face (laughs) anyway um the event was catered uh it was Uh, it was just this wild, wild experience that I randomly walked into that was a hundred percent free. Um, and I was like, okay, well it's never, and they were like, oh yeah, we haven't played a ground show since like 2002. And it was 2012. So, uh, literally 10 years. And I was like, that's amazing. And it was the first time I had seen them perform, um, acoustically, uh, ever, like ever, ever. Like I've seen them live. I think I'd seen them live maybe, Eight times before that, and I never mm-hmm. seen them perform acoustic. And that night, they were like, "Yeah, we're just gonna do some acoustic stuff." And I was like,
0: oh my "This God. is
2: amazing!" So they did half acoustic, half electric set, and they were selling their artwork from their album. It was the most amazing experience I've ever had with Coheed and 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 yeah, Claudio is all the guys are amazing. Josh and and so they and, seem really um, fucking
0: chill, as that, well, like really nice. And and
2: they they're great, man. And and every you know, I've gotten to the point where I. I'm like, yeah, maybe I won't go see them live this time or whatever, but but dude, every time I do, I'm I'm blown away. There's a one song during during each of their sets that I've seen that just sticks in my head harder. I know all their songs like the back of my hand.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: so, for some reason, every all every time I go, all the 16 times that I've gone, I'm singing one singular song that they just knock out of the park every time. This last time it was The Gutter. Um, which is off their new, newer album. Yes, and it, I heard that today. Um, it's good, but dude, live, I, I was just so, it was so tight. It, it just sounds, it sounds like you're listening to it from the album on the largest speakers ever, which is so great because it's so tight. Um, yeah. and they just, uh, I don't know. We're gonna, we're gonna get into them a lot more. Um, Later on, I just want you to know that that there there's a lot of stuff. Um, there actually, I'm gonna send it to you later today. It's a it's an acapella version of oh, the gutter that they did in dude. like a in a car thing, dude. It's it's your it's totally your shit, but it's like
0: you know really my dick card acapella music.
2: <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm telling you, it it's fucking Sick. awesome.
0: Speaking of so, that, like wh- when you said like live versions, it reminded me. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who's like a big Linkin Park fan, and um, I was like, Oh, yeah, I forgot how good like Breaking the Habit is. She was like, Oh, I only listen to the live version. Check this out. And at the end, Chester just like it, it the music drops out, and it's like, I
1: don't know what's worth fighting <laughs> for,
0: but like super clear and a yeah. cappella. Chills. It's so good. How yeah, much bro, time do We so, have left on the um,
2: segment. We are we are exactly at um, uh, about twenty seconds left from fifteen minutes. Oh
0: shit! I was going to say when you mentioned seeing them a bunch of times, was one of them that time you told me you were you were in this like underground club or something like that, and some guy jumped up on the speakers like naked and was just like swinging his dick around.
2: <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I think at the Palladium. Uh, yes. Yeah, he uh, during. Uh, he'd had glass draw with him and during glass Draw's set, this guy jumped up on the <laughs> oh, and damn. it was uh it was one of the, the the side stage speakers. It it was like I want to say like 10 to 12 feet tall, like pretty high up there, and he climbed up there and he took his pants down, and started waving his stick around and all that stuff, <laughs> and he had his pants around his ankles, and he jumped off, but like tripped and landed on his face.
0: So on his dick as well on his,
2: on his dickhead. <laughs> uh, and it was intense, dude, I, it was, I was like, Oh shit. Is that guy? Okay. Everyone's like, is that guy? Okay. And then they went right back to the music
0: and it was amazing. Just just casual. Like, Oh shit. Okay. he's cool. Bye. Well,
2: it, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't doing COVID, said luckily, but, yeah. but yeah, luckily bro. <laughs> uh, I, I was shocked, uh, by the whole thing because it was so funny. Um, but it was the most shocking thing was that how long it took for them to the security to like even attempt getting him down. Uh, he was up there for about 40 whole seconds and then like, like not out of view, like 100% everyone could see him and then security like took forever to get around to him. But when he jumped, mm. dude, like I said, he, <laughs> he's dead. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Uh- <laughs> no, <absolutely. laughs>
1: yeah that guy's uh so, in the home so R- <laughs> yeah, he, so r.i.p
2: vegetable. uh for me uh i'm gonna call him dick man r.i.p dick man
0: yeah r.i.p <laughs> dick helicopter man
2: yeah dick yeah dick copter
0: because for some reason in the visual, I've heard this story a few times. Like yep. whenever you tell yep. it, I, I I picture like him just like yep. <laughs> just like waving around.
2: Yeah. So R.I.P. Dick Helicopter Man. You'll be remembered by everyone as Dick Helicopter Man.
0: Remember when we were obsessed for a while with like helicopter arm bars because that one in RFA that, the Gracie breakdown happened? I was like, we gotta hit, see a helicopter arm bar. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, that was good. That was good helicopter times. Helicopter Dick bar. And then, and then, <laughs> and then you know, and then the famous fucking potato sack throwing arm bar by DJ. Oh. Will will it into me my. forever. It's amazing.
0: Well, let's get into these fights, man. Yeah. Um, so the way we're going to do it guys is that uh we decided last episode was three hours too long we did yeah <laughs> we decided that we decided that and uh so, so rather than recapping the whole car we're gonna hit a couple of highlights from the prelims and then do the main card so why don't you start with your pick uh, from the prelims
2: actually we're not gonna start with the pick i'm gonna go off the rails oh, here we go okay hey chris tione get fired oh,
0: yes get fired chris tione Absolutely. goddamn i forgot and i've said on this podcast so many times chris tione is a terrible ref i think i tweeted out last time that he is the heir apparent to yamasaki i can't remember so many fights where he was just like letting these motherfuckers take the beating of their lives and i'm like what is wrong with you stop the fight
2: intelligent defense
0: intelligent yeah. defense yep they're now to stop the fight when they're no now, longer intelligently defending themselves
2: now that it's quiet uh in the in the places that they're fighting Herb Dean, um, Jason Herzog, you hear them saying, do something or I'm going to stop it. Do something or I'm going to stop it.
0: Fight back. Chris (laughs)
2: Ione. Guy's bleeding all over his face. Literally almost knocked out. Just like, just putting his hands up so he doesn't get hit. Yeah, now, now it's probably good. (laughs) Bro! Yeah, he is. Spivak went for way, way, way too
0: long. Uh, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, Sergey Spivak was was beating that man down. Yeah, it was it was terrible. It was really it so, was really really bad
2: uh with that being said i just i just wanted to get that out of the way because of because of me i was screaming at my tv because of how and i was screaming for a long time i was like no and then i was like oh wait no and i was like oh no i I was wait i was like stop exactly stop 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 stop. okay you're not stopping stop you're still not stopping what is happening (laughs) like
0: that fight was like the shashank redemption of mma fights like it has like four endings i was like okay okay no, wait. Okay, and that no. Now it's over. Okay, now like that's exactly what it was.
2: Yeah, exactly. And fucking Andy Dufresne walked right into the fucking cage at the end, didn't yeah, he? Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: And he was he, fucking. He came in with his boat and he was fucking polishing it up. Him and Red.
0: And then
1: Anyways, guys doing uh the this, is our new the <laughs> <laughs> this is our new Shawshank of the second round.
2: This is our new Shawshank podcast. If you guys didn't know. Yeah.
0: Can you imagine if Morgan Freeman was an announcer? and fighting out of the blue corner
2: you know what would be great if they got him to narrate one of those uh things like ron
0: perlman does yes that'd be great or or john malkovich did another one too yes oh yeah absolutely do that
2: oh john malkovich's john malkovich's are good too His are good um okay so my peak uh for for my my preferred prelim by the way all the prelims were were pretty spectacular um you know shout out to the ladies and 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 men that just went out there and put it out there um my pick is the zahabi draco rodrigo rodriguez fight um i just i just thought that the pace of that fight was was fun um and then it's like a picture perfect ending in the first round for zahabi uh um uh, sorry your screen did that weird thing anyway um and also uh you know The fact that he knocked out, which I didn't know, I I wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh, someone missed weight because I'm I'm not on social media for the next week. I'm just doing a slight cleanse. But anyway, um, I didn't know he Rodriguez broke a record uh, for missing weight. And uh, so the fact that he was able to just hit him perfectly on the chin made it that much better. Also, post fight interview, simple, easy, clean, not that much flash, but. You know, you get an insight to this guy being a likable person. So, absolutely. Is it.
1: If I remember
0: correctly, I think it was Alves who the fight got scrapped. Who's the one that set a record? Because I, oh. they can't fight if they're within, if they're not within the same weight class. Sorry, like he literally weighed in Alves. I think it's 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 Rafael Alves or Rafael, whichever one. I th- he weighed in like eleven point five pounds over, one fifty seven point five for a one forty five pound fight. They give the pound allowance. They count. I count it from the fucking dude. It should be twelve point five pounds over, not eleven. Yeah, not five. the
2: extra pound they get. Yeah, exactly. Make that championship but, weight.
0: Right, exactly. But he fucking weighed in even heavy for lightweight. He even weighed a pound and a half over the lightweight threshold. So right. like that is not acceptable. Yeah, I think I think uh, Rodriguez misweighed too. I'm not sure. He um, did, but 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 oh. it wasn't the record setting one that you're thinking.
2: Right. Okay. Okay. Got it. But, this yeah, that fight,
0: was my fight. Yeah, this fight was actually really nice for me because – so Eamon Zahabi came in the UFC with a lot of hype. As they were saying, he's uh, Faraz's little brother. And I think Faraz even said, like, he was kind of hesitant to train him for a while because he, like, didn't want him to, like, get hurt basically or whatever. But yeah. he he trained him. And for a while – he's kind of a victim of being for younger brother. Right. He said like for a while he was having trouble getting fights on the regional scene, like because of his name, because of his notoriety, he was ended up having to f- uh, fight guys that were like 20 and O or like, you know, 18 and four or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, so the UFC signed him when he was like six and and0 like, ideally you'd want, you know, a little bit more time, like get to 10 and or get even like 10 and one or something. But, but he joined early. He had a banger of a debut. And then I think his second fight in the UFC was the Ricardo Hummels fight where he got hit with that spinning elbow from hell. And I was in the arena for that, UFC 217. It was nasty. And he was out for a while. And then they mentioned on the broadcast that was just like two fights ago. That was 2017. He's taken a while. Like his last fight was 2019. He's taken some time off. So he looked a little like tentative in there. Mm-hmm. And When he landed the knockout, I was like, "Thank God!" Because he was not winning that fight before that. Yeah, he wasn't losing terribly, but he wasn't winning.
2: No, yeah, of course. But it was a good, like I said, it was a good, um, good ending to the fight. I mean, just a good, just an overall good punch, right up, right where he needed to be. And, um, like I said, during the post fight, it was it was great. I mean, just just him being so like, you know, it feels good to win. Um, because he had a losing streak, right? He was on a two fight losing streak. streak. Yeah, so he was just like, you know, it feels good to snap that this way. Um, so yeah.
0: 100 percent i'm sorry I, this was your pick but i kind of talked over a lot of it is there no please else to add?
2: no no listen I, I don't i don't really have anything i just thought that 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 as far as as spectacular as all the fights were i yeah. just liked this one gave me the most feel-good feeling um because uh the ladies did their work in there as well um yeah that yeah, was Sean that was, dobson
0: versus uh K- casey o'neill i think
2: yeah um yeah that was that was a really Really Fuck great yeah. fight too. So that that was going to be my my pick, but the Zahabi just there was something about it that made me feel I like the guy, like the way that he kind of talked after the um, yeah, uh, oh, I love Zahabi.
0: And your pictures? So my pick was was uh, John Sexy Mexi Castaneda versus Eddie Wineland I really like this fight. Uh, so, Sexy Mexi. I forgot when he made his debut that he was Sexy mexi. Like, there's John Castaneda. I don't remember them saying his nickname. I remember I just missed it on the broadcast. Like, maybe I was kind of like not really following at that point, whatever. Because I literally thought this was UFC debut, and then they're like, "No, no, he has one fight before." I used to watch this guy in Combate Americas. He's great. Oh, and he's really fucking exciting, and he comes to bang. He's really good. He's a Minnesota native, which I didn't know. I thought he was because. People uh, in, in Combate Americas, they have to be of Latin American descent or, or of Latin descent in general. And a lot of them are actually like, don't speak a lot of English. Like they live in Mexico or any of the South American countries. And this guy is living in Minnesota. Sounds perfectly like general American pronunciation dialect. But uh, I love that. I love I love everything about this guy. And the, and the Eddie Wineland thing, like, so I picked him. I picked, I picked Sexy Maxi based on the fact that Eddie Wineland, I thought was kind of like done right like his last fight with uh, Sean O'Malley he did not look that good and it wasn't just the fact that he got knocked out like he wasn't as sharp and fast as I remember him being usually and I don't know Mm -hmm. if that was just like Sean O'Malley's footwork kind of confusing him could have been or could have been the reach as well like just kind of him trying to get inside and not really having success but sexy Mexi they're like similar height Eddie Wineland was lighting him up not not you know yeah. crazy but he was fast he was crisp uh-huh. i was like shit this is like vintage eddie wine then
4: this yeah. is
0: like i was nervous for my pick and i was like shit but you know i always get to feel good like when the when the uh, veterans like get a nice win so i was like this could go either way and then sexy Mexi fucking blasted them it was awesome
2: yeah no it was um it was a good fight i mean i was telling juice uh through text i was saying that uh eddie wineland looked like he could be the lead singer of a uh, of a hardcore metal band um like (laughs) he looks like primed and ready to go like he's ready to jump on a stage so yeah eddie wineland there's a future for you uh in that so
0: the mohawk mullet and the mustache and all the the tats yeah
2: yeah i like dude i like i feel bad especially considering the fact now you know um uh, Sean O'Malley and then now this but um, yeah, man that fighting style is so funny like it's so great to watch Wineland like just move his arms like in that fisticuff style it's so yes, it's so great to watch it's so like fun and like it it sticks and it's it, I don't know it just I you know hey sh- props to Sexy Mexi because good god that flurry at the end was oh. I mean it was at, at the very least 10 punches in a row like
0: Oh my god! I saw a tweet. I might have been Smoky It might have been someone else. They said, "Sexy Mexi treated Eddie Weiland's head like a speed bag.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent, dude. I mean, like when he got the yeah. first ones that knocked him down, it was like four, five punches on the on the feet, and then like six or seven more on the ground before before um, our man Herzog Herzog stopped it. Yeah?
0: I think so. Yeah. I, I remember like, and, and they showed the replay. He talked about it. He caught him with something on the feet that kind of stumbled him. And yeah. that's when he was like, I smell blood. I saw it. I went for the kill. That one, he just started like unloading, dude. It was, it was a lot of it was against the fence. Yeah. Um, great fucking fight. Great performance by Sexy Mexi. I'm really looking forward to this kid.
2: Yeah. So, and also um, remember guys, we're just doing our picks for the, for the prelims, but that's not to say that these prelims weren't fucking off the chain. Yeah. Because they cool. were off the
0: chain. Quick shout out to my arch nemesis Julian Arosa, stole my fucking nickname, and I always have to hate him. But he comes to fight, and he beat the shit out of Nate Landwehr. Oh my god, that fight was incredible.
2: Yeah. Okay, I guess we'll move on to the main card now.
0: Yeah, the main card was awesome. What did you think about Tom Aspinall versus Andrei Arlovsky?
2: Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know who Aspinall was before this point. Um, I watched his uh his interview uh, what's the guy he interviewed with? What's his name?
0: John Gooden.
2: Yeah. John Gooden. And, um, it was just a great, I mean, that guy has a great story. Um, also his timeline for being in the UFC is very interesting. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll have a UFC belt in five years, maybe within he's like in five years, but within 10 years, I'll have it. I was like, yeah, that's, that's a long time. Like that seems so unmotivated, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, but it's also realistic. He's like, I'm just going to put my shoulder down and kind of move through. And that's kind of a part of the thing. Cause he said to, um, John Gooden, he was like, you know, the call from UFC, was it a big day? And he was like, no, (laughs) he was, he was just flat out. Like, no, I really wasn't. And he's like, why? He's like, well, I mean, I knew it was going to happen. People know my skill is good. I'm just going to keep working and keep putting my nose to the, so he's definitely a, you know, salt of the earth type of person that just kind of put his, and trying to be as realistic as he possibly can. I think to say 10 years, maybe a little bit shorting himself, but five, who knows what are you about to say.
0: Did you say putting his nose to the toe?
2: Yeah. Which means he's getting fucked by life.
0: Yeah, he's getting pegged. Uh, uh, no, nice I love pegged. Tom Aspinall. When he made his debut, he knocked this guy in like 90 seconds or something like that. He just kind of came out like a bat out of hell and they called him like uh Frank Mir Jr. because he looked, oh, he
2: looked
1: like dude, Frank he Muir. looks
2: just like Frank Mir with that little tiny uh goatee, like kind of like you like yeah. little pieces of shit you have on your channel or whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah, a little pieces of shit. <laughs> you fucking ass <asshole>. um,
2: well <laughs> before we go any further. I there's one thing that he said that made me laugh. He was like, um <laughs> he was saying, like, look, I don't care if the fight's in the UFC, KFC, it don't matter to me. I'll fight. Uh, you know, it's a fight a yeah. fight. I was like, hey bro, you find people
1: at KFC? <laughs> you know it's funny
0: i'm pretty sure he's not the first person to say that he may not even be the second person like i think i've heard that a few times right but I, until you mentioned it to me i don't think i realized how ridiculous it is like but yeah i'm just gonna
1: go in and fight yeah,
2: the idea that he was in a kfc and someone was like hey fuck you and he's like yeah well i guess it's a kfc so it's trying to fight i guess
0: <laughs> yeah right i love it i love everything about it
2: um but uh, i will say also um man are yeah i i Arlovsky looked good. He looked pretty good in that fight up until up until the very end. Um uh, and he, man, when he got that rear naked choke, you know, Arlovsky just like, you know, it wasn't even like a, a tap tap tap. It was just like he he like you He's could like, see in his face and his I eyes, know. like, God damn it.
0: He like gave kind of, I don't want to say he gave up, but he 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 knew he was caught. Yeah, he
2: was like, fuck. And and that's what he said. He literally like just did one tap It was like, fuck.
0: Yeah. So I I uh I try to root for Andre Arlovsky as much as I can when I feel like he has a, a fighting chance because, you know, he was on bully beat down. That's like my first introduction. To MMA I always have like a soft spot for those guys. But I was like, no, dude, Tom Espinall's is going to fucking brutalize this man. But he, to his credit, like he did better than I thought. And he made yeah. the second round when he slept on that rear naked choke. It was like, it was done. And it was so nasty too. Like when you get a rear naked choke, you usually have to get both hooks in you. It's not just the hands. Like you crank with the hips as well. Oh, with yeah. The leverage. He just kind of came from the side and just slapped it on and just brute strength to fucking strangle him. Oh it yeah. Was, uh, it was crazy. Yeah. Speaking of crazy, the Phil Hawes fight versus Nasser D- I I don't know. I, I, I don't um, follow the post-fight bonuses anymore because I feel like they're just like political or whatever. Um like a popularity contest some saying. Oh, so
2: just so you know there was no
0: fight of the night. Oh, really? They just gave a bunch of Probably because there a bunch of knockouts. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, it was just before uh five performance, uh four performances, five. I can't remember. Someone will correct us, but um
0: they usually just do four.
2: I don't I don't I you know, I don't remember if Phil was on there. I wasn't really paying attention. I just saw that all I saw was probably that they were doing performances.
0: They probably were just rewarding finishes. Usually when they do that, they're just rewarding finishes with there's a lot right. because it used to be they used to do performance of the night or, or no they used to do fight of the night and there would be knockout of the night and submission of the night and then while wow, they started changing into just like performance of the night for the other ones and then sometimes if there's a ton of finishes they'll just give like all performance bonuses and no fight of the night which that sucks but 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 i'm saying my point is this is my fight of the night they, they went to war it was it was an amazing fight
2: yeah it was it was great i mean it could. It felt like it could have gone either way. I mean, Imabov just was pretty. I mean, was really brutalizing Haas at the very end. At the end of the third round, mm. he he was really putting it on him. So, yeah, yeah. It felt it felt pretty back and forth. It was a. It was a great fight. You're right. It probably should have won fight of the night because of the fact that it was it was so like I didn't know after each round like wow everyone had a really good moments in in both round and in, in um in all the rounds. So it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, I mean, Phil even said, I think he even said in the the post, he was like, I wasn't confident in the decision. I don't even know if I was going to get it. So.
0: Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember talking about this last week where I was like, you know, I'm picking Phil, but uh, Imabov is, is sick. Like he's really good. He's dangerous. And he showed that in the third round, especially. All right. And actually I want to say before we move on looking ahead, when I said that was my fight of the night, Yana Kunitskaya versus Kaelin Vieira was a fucking really good fight, too. So Good point. I want to give those ladies a shout, yeah. um, which we will in a second. But Chris Dawkus uh, beat uh, Alexei Olenek at a minute 55 of round number one with a standing TKO. And I want to say this about that stoppage. We give Herb Dean a lot of shit for bad stoppages. I thought that was a really good stoppage. And as far as refs in MMA, they don't do a lot of standing TKOs um, they usually have to have it hit the ground. Herb Dean is, I don't want to say he's known for that, but he's one of the only ones I know where like he did it with a I man who's Ronda Rousey. He did it with um, uh, Jessica Andrade versus uh, Jessica Penne. Mm-hmm. It, you know, this fight he, he deserves some credit because he like Alexia was, was not going down, but he wasn't intelligently defending himself either. And Herb was like, fight back, fight back. And he wasn't. So you got to call the fight
2: yeah um it it was pretty brutal i mean and like you know here i will say about um olenic man he looks it's weird he always moves the way that he moves in the octagon like it's kind of like a little bit like slow like kind of brooding it's not too fast at times um but uh Man, Dawkins really just, just really, it was. I mean, his hands were so fast lighting up, lighting up Olympic towards the end. And like, and they, you know, they had the moment, you could see it just like, you know, Herb was like, I'm going to stop the fight. I mean, and then like, I think the second time he said it, you just see Olenek, like his eyes are so wide, like looking at Herb, like, like all, almost like, you know, he's like, Hey, like, I, I don't know, I'm done for this motherfucker. Um, yeah. But uh, it's one of those things that where it's like, he has so many submission wins for me. I, 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 can't, I know the young gun just fucking went and fired on him, but um, I just, I kind of just want to see a do more submissions. He has so I many. I just want to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I, I, w- I want to see it. Um, He almost got an Ezekiel at one point. Like he did that. One of the setups he uses for it is hold- do it from the clinch and just drag you down. And luckily, Dawkins, like they must have drilled that in camp because he got wise to it and got out of it. But he almost, he almost had a bite on it for a second. It was, it was, you know. But Chris Dawcus beat the shit out of him. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. mean, I remember seeing it uh, on Twitter. Maybe they said this on the broadcast as well, and I missed it, or, or maybe they said in his previous fights. I didn't know he was also a police officer. I think. Did oh see? yeah. Did you see that?
2: I did. Yeah, because they were talking about how. Um... Uh, you know his his mentality of like maybe in the future, um, you know fighting Stipe and everyone's like, oh yeah, like a police, yeah, a policeman, firefighter oh, like fight, and I was like, that actually is pretty cool.
0: That's funny. I remember I, I saw I, I remember seeing that and I was like, you know, five years ago I would have been like, oh,
1: it's cool, it was uh serving his community, and now I'm like, oh, it's part of a corrupt system that perpetuates systemic racism.
2: Yeah, no,
0: I. Man. we don't want to do it. I don't, we don't want to get too political. That. That's no,
1: all. no, we don't.
2: You know, you're, you're, you're right. I just, I don't know. There's a lot of things that, um, no,
0: yeah, it's I, a touchy subject for a lot of people because a lot of people have like family members that are, are cops and stuff right, and
2: which, like, which, 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 yeah. why it's just why I just personally can't get on the um, ACAB argument because, yeah. like I said, it's blanket statements are not good for anyone ever. That's my political yep. statement, just sure, so you sure. guys know, blanket statements for, um, moving forward or at all are not good for anything. So that's and how you know, I feel I agree.
0: It. I'm the king of blanket statements. So
2: yeah, it's going to, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're just not good for, they're not good for conversation.
1: You're right. They, You're absolutely they, you right. can
2: say them out loud whenever you want on Twitter, how you want to do it and whatnot, but to progress conversation forward, blanket statements, don't do deck for anyone.
0: Well said, well said. What,
1: what Anyway, is the all, the Derek all juices
2: suck.
0: Yeah, all deuces suck.
2: Um, uh, the the Minner Rosa fight, man. Um, it was Minner very like really, scramble heavy, which I like. Yeah, Minner was really putting it on him, but dude, Charles Rosa is un um has amazing ground game. Like mm-hmm. they, I mean, so does Derek Minner. That's the thing. Like both yep. they were. Really scrambling hard. I mean, every single, I mean, at the beginning, you know, it was very scrappy. You know, they were just kind of punching and whatnot. And then, as the, as the, I think when it got into the, the, like in the middle of the second round, when it started getting like just 100% more about a ground piece, they were like going back and forth and defending locks and, and, um, and movements and, and uh, arm bars. And, and, and yeah, like the that. whole thing. And I was like, man, this yeah. is really, good they they were really but derek manner just just was also beating the fuck out of him as well so that's the other part of it because charles russell was pretty close to some locks a lot of the times in the third round he was pulling for everything so yeah it was good man
0: fuck yeah um that's all i mean i mean you said everything i want to say about the fight which is very like scramble heavy and i loved it you know and uh i was glad that i was right about that one because you were right about the next one, <laughs> and so that- which
2: I don't know if I should have been. To be honest with you, <laughs> um-
0: I know I, I I'm with you on that. So Yana Kunitskaya versus Ketlin Vieira. I said earlier, I think this is another like fight of the night candidate. Those ladies fucking went to war. It was a really really good fight. Uh, first round, definitely Ketlin Yep. Second round, definitely Yana. And I think the third round is the swing round because I think Ketlin had a decent amount of control time in the first half of the round, but Yana ended the round really strong and really like opened up some nasty cuts on Ketlin's face and, and went to town on her. So unfortunately with the judges, it's like, you know, you got to win each round, but you have to, you, you got to win the end of the rounds too. Like finishing strong is really important. Like, I literally, I always think about this when I, when I, when I think about like winning the end of the round, I fucking think about Chell versus uh, Vanderlei uh, on, on tough Brazil three, not, not, um, not, not the actual fight that took place in Bellator, which was, which is like a weird fight, but the actual like coaching on tough, there was one of those moments in tough where they're like hanging out at the house, having a little barbecue, having drinks. And it was subtitled, so I can only assume that it was a it was a you know decent enough translation to to matter, but I could it could be wrong. But it looked like a matchup with his body language. He was telling the guys, he was like giving them like tips or whatever. And he goes, When you hear the 10 second clacker, just go as hard as you can. And then as soon as the bell rings, put your hands up, you win the round. And I was just like, he could be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: well i mean they were talking about that i mean if you look at the scorecards as far as like uh of strikes man i mean yana had i think it was like 148 strikes against uh Caitlin's like 30 um so there's that so like there's parts of it that i was like man i, I really don't see i thought Caitlin, i thought Caitlin won i really did um yeah but that, but the end of that i mean man what a what a way to have a war and then for your damn head to just be split open like with a baseball bat like
0: that oh my god the
2: second elbow that landed dude it cut and then she hit again and they slow mo it and like it, it, it's almost it, there there must be some very very thick vein there because it was
4: instantly it was bloody i mean the yeah. cut
2: man was literally staying. like jason herzog was like we gotta do the announcement man and the guy was like i'm not I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm staying right here, dude. You see how much he's bleeding? I'm not going to have that. Um, so they just like cut to, um, to, uh, to Yana, but, but you could see Herzog was like, oh, come on, man. And the cut man was like, no, dude, this is pretty fucking bad. So. Yeah. yeah um,
0: you know, it's, it's one of those things. I think about this sometimes when you have a cut that bad and you win it's not fine, but that definitely takes this thing off to where you're like, okay, this is like battle scars or whatever. When you lose and you have to deal with a uh, injury like that, like a facial injury, that's fucking rough, man. So well, what's well, what's even together. worse
2: is that that's what, that is kind of what sealed the deal for the refs, I can only assume. You mean because, mean the judges? The, yeah, sorry, the judges. Um, mm-hmm. Because because uh, to you and I, I, I mean, I was like, I don't know. like Maybe, maybe Kunitskaya could pull it off but i was certainly saying that uh ketlin was definitely more aggressive uh in that fight as far as like you know um top control and all that stuff but
0: she was close to finishing a few times with some of the submissions and stuff and she had a lot of control time yeah so
2: but i guess yeah and like i said you know it's double it's just the worst kind of situation especially especially because it comes at the very very end of the fight and it's probably like i said it's what sent the judges over to be like that's it yeah that's our winner
0: it's one of those things where, to me, I don't get too, like, I mean, though we spent a lot of time on it. Like, I don't get too pissed about it because, you know, in my opinion, like, with the 10-point must system, there's a strong case for Kellen winning that fight. Mm-hmm. If it was pride rules, Giannis fight all day. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, hmm.
0: So, I mean, that, that's, as far as how I feel about it, you know, it was an amazing fight. I don't think we need to spend too much more time. But that's kind of how I feel. Like pride rules. Yana won. Uh, actual, what we have in the uh, unified rules with the, with the judging that we have now in the ten point must system, I think it was Ketlin's fight, but it was close.
2: Right. It was it was very close. Not a not a robbery, but certainly a a, a decision that a lot of people it probably doesn't sit too well with them.
0: And then, so now we're at the main event, and I, w- I want to say before we get into the actual fight. So we, we were keeping track of our, like, scores, right? Of, as far as, like, our picks and who's right. We get to the end of the fight. They announce that Yana won. And Leo goes, I won. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but as far as that fight, but we're tied because th- there's no possible way. Like, at that point, that made it two and two. And then we both picked the same in the main event. So even if we lost, we would, we would be two and three um but you were like no i won <laughs> yeah it's so, true man i fucking won so we're tied anyway but but Derek yeah. lewis sent the curtis blades to the fucking shadow realm yeah uh, oh
2: boy i, I was so this. i was yelling at my tv i flexed i did everything i'm wearing i'm wearing my hilariously enough um I just want to tell a little little side story. Um, I'm re- I'm currently wearing my um, my Texas Tough Johnny Cupcake shirt right now, um, yeah. and it actually 100 um, uh, percent of the the profits from this went to the uh, the hurricane relief when when the uh, hurricane came through um, Houston, and I don't know. I I want to tell this story because I, I'm sure all of you guys have already heard it, but it's such a good story about Derek and why I th- like on top of the fact that. He's funny as well
0: i think I know um, what i'm talking about and i just remembered the story today and how it, amazing it, he is
2: it's so great so when the hurricane happened derek was out there doing helping a bunch of people as he was and if you guys haven't followed him on instagram um i just Fix don't you don't deserve room. you don't deserve him anyway so um <laughs> if you haven't already done it but if you if you do follow him if you you'll notice that he posts his truck which is giant it yeah. is it is a very large truck um and, you know, very, very Texas of him. But uh, so he was, you know, helping people out during the hurricane with that truck. And he came across a uh, a man and a woman and he was trying to get them out of their, their home that was all flooded through. And um, they were husband and wife. And the husband, the husband had a Confederate flag. And for some reason, uh, he was like, like I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. I have this, but but I have to take it. I have to bring it with. I have to take it. And his wife was like, so mad at him, like just like, no, you got to leave. Me. You gotta leave me. Like, I can't. And then Derek was just like, hey man, it doesn't matter. Just get in my truck. I'm trying to save you guys. Yeah. And they got in the truck, and he, and he, you know, you know, helped them out. It, it's it's an interesting story. And granted, now that I know that I've listened to Derek Lewis post post fight interviews and the way there's a very Good possibility that that he might have been joking there's a small possibility because of the fact of how he delivers stuff it's there is that but but then i was like no i i i think that that did happen and it's it's true and i just it just shows you like what type of person he is um
0: no that that's a true story because he told it on Hawani show and they did a couple of articles on it like they they made sure like this wasn't a joke. He's like, yeah, no, like the guy, it, and it was like a, it was to showcase like in that moment he wasn't thinking like about the guy's belief system versus his and and what you know any racial tension or whatever. He was just like, it was like community. It was like we're both Texans in this moment. We're going through a horrible hurricane. I can pull you out. Just get in my fucking truck.
2: Yeah. Like,
0: so yeah, it, it's such a great the story. For shit like that
2: yeah and, and like i said it, that that story and and everything that he's done is just yeah he's a uh, oh and then and then giving oh man the most texas thing that Derek could do is giving a shout out to a fucking shaved ice company that he goes to <laughs> it's yeah. the most it's the most texas a snow cone place dude a yeah. fucking snow cone place in Texas and Derek Lewis is shouting them out on his. It's the dude. It's so Texas. It's not even funny.
0: Leo's from Texas, by the way, if you guys didn't know. Yeah.
2: So uh, if you guys didn't know I'm from Texas, so uh, I'll say that a bunch of times um, throughout this entire podcast. Um,
0: so actually but... I haven't heard you mention it a couple, you know, like that much in our, in our lives together, but it's a fact I know about you. So I never forget it.
2: Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. Um, like Derek Lewis fucking killed Curtis Blades last
0: night. Oh my god! Can we talk about the stoppage for a second? Because I thought it was the perfect stoppage. Yeah, and not I mean not perfect. Nothing's gonna be perfect, but the lights went out. Yeah, and Herb Dean immediately ran. He just happened to have been like w- with heavyweights. You don't want to get too close. You could clip with something. They like mobile like that, where where Curtis is always shooting for a takedown. Like they think about these things. It's not, it's not just two bodies in there. Like they know like the the people's style and and Herb Dean rushed over, and I saw some people. Like saying it was, he was too late. Like he let Curtis take some extra shots. Too I mean, late. Like Derek landed a few extra shots. Let's be fair. They were, the, there were those like unnecessary shots. But, yeah. you know, their job is to go until the ref pulls him off. And Herb Dean just happened to like be a half step behind Derek. And he two put extra in, shots got in. Yeah. Exactly. Two like or three he extra shots. He can't teleport. He can't teleport. Like, what the fuck do you want?
2: Yeah. And, and man, I mean, he really did send him to the shadow realm. I mean, his <sighs> body. His soul left his body. There is no, there is no doubt. I mean, like just, and you know, it's funny um, watching the first round, man, Curtis was piecing him up, was piecing up Derek pretty nicely. I was like, damn, this is, this is going pretty bad. And on the first exchange um, Curtis was like, Oh shit. Like obviously Derek Lewis is fucking tough as a motherfucker. So he, Curtis got really gun shy to shoot. Um, and I think his path to victory would, um, would have been the fence. Mm
3: -hmm. His
2: path to victory would a hundred percent have been the fence and not the way that he tried. I think he got a little bit confident in the first round from all of his striking and like seeing Derek slip up and all that stuff that he was like, look, I'm just going to go with my game plan. And Derek, you know, it's not like he, he's was training for, he even said, I was waiting for either a knee or, or or my right hand. Um, and for him to to shoot, and that's exactly what he did. So I I saw it. I backed up. You know, that's that's why I'm, I'm saying that for him to shoot in the middle of the ring was the worst thing that Curtis could have done. Literally the oh, worst yeah. thing he could have done. His his, pat, his path to victory would have been to close distance to to Pressure shut off yeah to shut off the power, push back towards the cage, uh, get a uh, get a clench and then fall like that but shooting in the middle of the ring yeah it it just what you know it's exactly it's exactly what Derek was waiting for
0: yeah dude and and like I want to know what went through his head okay because Uh, Derek's
2: (laughs) fist are you done
0: no (laughs) I mean that was amazing uh but as far as game plan because Curtis has been unwavering in the fact that he's going to wrestle you. And I don't know if this is like gamesmanship and, and people finally realizing that's what he's going to do and trying to be surprising, but he has to realize, and, and and I think people should know this, like any striking exchanges that Curtis has gotten in where he's been successful, like for example, the JDS fight, when he got a TKO or something from the feet or, or it could have been a knockout, I don't know, whatever. He, he got a straw, but you just strikes on the feet and not wrestling. Apparently JDS stopped 100% of his takedowns. But the opportunities for those strikes were opened up by the wrestling. It was the threat of the takedown. It was going in. He kept trying with this one. He didn't even shoot in the first round. He did not even shoot. Uh, I mean, he may have fainted a couple of times, but it, there wasn't like a legit takedown attempt from what I can remember in the first round at all. And it was just striking and it was okay. Like you can tell he's really been working on it. Maybe I yeah. just felt confident that they, they said earlier that his teammate uh, Corey Sanhagen getting that amazing knockout kind of inspired him, which I'm like, okay, cool. But like, hey man, that's Derek Lewis. He can put you out at any time he wants. He's Derek fucking Lewis. Yeah. And, and so that's what happened in the second round. He just shot in. And you could see it too. Like Derek was showing the uppercut. He was showing the knee a couple of times in the first round. And he finally timed that uppercut. It was yeah, it was, it was so just,
2: it, just well done. It was it was a hundred percent a part of his game plan. Like I said, if if that that shot came at the fence um i think it would have gone differently but in the middle of the ring when Derek has time to literally just adjust a little bit back you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like to to put your power you know it's it's a momentum type of thing like Mm -hmm. so for him to just be able to step back like i said not even a foot to 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 wind up yeah to wind up yeah turn into it it's just perfect so so hats off to Derek Lewis. Uh, I can't wait to see who he fights next. Um, I I really can't wait to see him get back in there. Oh, that's what I was going to say. There is something that was very interesting about this fight was that Derek actually looked pretty bad, but like there was something about him. He looked... It kind of reminded me like when his back was hurting against like Nganu or... Um, there was just something about it. I was like, man, his, he doesn't, his energy is weird. Like I remember looking at him and looking at the fight and this may be like some woo woo type shit, but um, (laughs) I was just like, man, his, his energy is not in it. It's fucking not there.
0: And then in the post fight,
2: yeah. In the post fight, he was like, yeah, I don't know. Just in the first round, I wasn't able to get my footing in the second round, even in practice.
0: I don't know what's going on. He's like, I couldn't get it going. Yeah. Yeah, He said that about the Tibera fight as well. And he ended up knocking Tibera out. So
2: Right. I think, I think it just has to do with like, there's something about, about him and his style that, that kind of he's in it and he knows he has the knockout power, but when he's really in it, it's like, there's a lot more fireworks, I guess you could say, but you could see that he was kind of defeated by the on in the first round. Like he was just felt so weird whenever the, whenever the, um, the horn sounded, he was like, yeah, I, I don't feel so good. And then all of a sudden Curtis like, well, let me just get fucked.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is like, uh, Let me just run into your fist.
2: Yeah. Sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah. So that was an amazing card.
0: Yeah. Great night of fights. Honestly, better than last week's in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was, uh, they there's so many finishes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. We had what three. Oh, wait.
0: On the, on the main card. I think there was three. There was the the heavyweight, yeah, Derek Lewis. Oh no, I August meant um, Thomas Aspinall.
2: Right. Oh, that's right.
0: Um, but then there was a couple more on the prelims. It was yeah, like I just fifty percent finishing rate.
2: Yeah. So I mean, but that's that's still great. I mean, and,
0: and honestly, part of that has to do with the fact that these had a good start and end time. I'm sick and goddamn tired of these 10 p.m. main card start times for for East Coast. uh it's the worst.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't mind you the UFC consuming my day my whole day on Saturday. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me uh, from like two to eight or nine or whatever. Yeah. But cause like even, even this, yeah, the seven o'clock start times at, you know, at 10, 11, I'm like, All right, are we done? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, exactly. yet, look, if you guys haven't entered, you know, go to uh, UFC.com slash best seats i'm just kidding actually don't go don't, there because me and juice go. yeah because we want to go we want to win we're gonna be there we're gonna do the podcast live if we win
0: hell yeah dude you know it's always so like whenever these things we enter these contests we've entered every single one i'm pretty sure at yeah. least the ones yep. we knew about and uh it's like it's always like for you and a friend and I'm entering and I'll be watching the fights with Kate. And I'll be like, oh, I got to enter that. She's like, oh my God, can you imagine if we win? I was like, oh my God, can you imagine if I take Leo? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I just have to be like, babe, this would be an amazing trip for us. I would love it. I would love it. However, he loves fighting a little bit more than you. And this would be a great trip.
2: I love it. I love that you <laughs> say. It. It'd be amazing if we win. Like it would. It would be amazing if like you. You weren't so hyped about it right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd be a lot yeah. cooler if you weren't
1: <laughs> hyped. It, it's like exactly like in fucking Love
0: Actually when she sees the the jewelry that's for the other girl and just thinks that's what she's getting and then is like,
1: "You've made a fool out of me." <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just see
2: her trying to the image in my head playing out is her dropping you off at the airport to come. And she's just like, motherfucker, you made a fool. You made a fool out of me.
1: There's a bag packed. I'm like, why are your bags packed?
2: <laughs> no, dude. Uh, listen, uh, at the end of the day, if you do win, 100% take Kate.
0: But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Let's see. Let, let's get there. Let's cross that bridge if we come to it. <laughs> it's now see before and this is different like pandemic times is different as well and like before uh you know we didn't have a podcast together now you're my (laughs) co-host you're my co-pilot on this crazy ride and if you know the fact that we would both be there for the for the show i think that's important
2: i mean the i mean yeah if that happened it would be it would be monumental for anyone that has an mma podcast if they win it would be monumental for that podcast, Absolutely. no matter what the first of all, the press, um, th- the ability oh, to talk to the flatters, say opinion. you have say that you um, if you could yeah. um, say that you have a podcast. I mean, it, it would it. be kind of like the idea of like one shameless plug, like could be so change much your like life. it's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. it well, it change your life, but it oh, would it definitely the life of the show.
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, just but only in the way that you like brag about it every time and you don't get any yeah. more listeners.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's actually true. They've <laughs> actually gone down, they're like, this guy's fucking annoying.
2: <laughs> yeah, can, can we like unlet him win?
0: <laughs> can we kick him out now? Uh what was the number two?
2: <laughs> yeah, who was the number two guy?
0: Oh, it was his friend. Well, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're good as far as the fights go. Can we get into some news? I don't know how much time we have. I think when you do...
2: Oh, actually, before we go any further, I, it says uh, it says we're 3-2. It's because we both...
0: Yes. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. We, we had... Yeah, we're both 3-2 and two as far as our overall record for these five picks that we're doing. Uh, we both got Tom Aspinall. Well, no, we didn't We didn't get a pick for that because it wasn't on the main card as far as when we were looking, but we did both pick Tom Aspinall, but, but that's not part of it. We both had Phil Hawes. Uh, we both had Alexia Linick. Yeah. But then I had Derek Minner and you had Charles Rosa. And then you had Yana Konitskaya and I had Kellen Vieira. So yeah. we were two and two, and then we both had Derek Lewis. So that we're three and two. So we're tired right now. I was expe- I'm not gonna lie, I was expecting to dunk on you this uh thing, and now we're I mean
2: it. to be honest with you, dude, at that Caitlin Caitlin fight, I, I was expecting to be dunked on. That's the, the only reason why yeah. I text you I won is because I was surprised. Yep. I was so surprised. I was like, oh, okay, well, like yeah, I win. Um it's like that so, time
0: we we're wearing the same pair of boxers.
2: Yeah, well, but that's us both winning.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, we're both we have that memory for the rest of our lives
0: even though you were mad about it. Now, in hindsight, it's the best memory.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably write it as a scene one day.
0: 100%.
2: Yeah. uh, Yeah, I'll just keep having these two guys just come out and wearing the exact same thing, and it gets more and more ridiculous as the the joke goes on.
0: I don't know if we've said this before, uh, the times you've been on. Leo and I used to be roommates. We have... Accidentally, worn the same outfit three times and walked into the room at the same time. Our bedrooms were on opposite sides and we would enter into the center room at the same time wearing the same outfit. Each time, I would get really happy. Leo would be like, God damn it, not this again. Including one of the time we were both just in boxers and it was the same
2: pair. Yeah, we were in the same box. I was like, what is happening? Same brand, same color. Yeah, and then the the one that that was really freaky was the was the Godspell and Blink One Eighty Two shirts. Yes, um, both
0: baseball tees with like navy blue sleeves, lists on the back. I was like,
2: yeah, it was so very specific. And then the another <laughs> one I think was uh, we were doing like I was like red, it was a red shirt and black jeans. Yeah. yeah, And I was like, well, now I'm gonna go jump off the balcony. Now
0: I'm yeah, gonna play the surprise.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into this news.
0: Yeah, speaking of play the surprise, uh, Sajari Eubanks played the surprise on us. I still don't know what happened. So, to catch everyone up, if, if no one is listening, and Leo, I don't know how much of this story you know. Because Zero. Been, yeah. Okay. So you've been on social media. This is great. So Sajari Eubanks, from her Twitter account, and so so I don't know if it was her posting it. I mean, in fact, I pretty much assume it was not. She made a video, or she posted a video. And it said, this is Sajari Eubanks beating up her uh, or, you know, abusing her girlfriend, Lily. I think they tagged they tagged the person. And, you know, there was a video there. The video was kind of fucking shocking. And a couple of people saved the video and they're like, oh, this is getting deleted. They, they had the video and the tweet was deleted. So... The caption, the video is gone. Some people have screenshots, but it's gone. And, and and the video, by the way, is kind of shocking. Like it's not you don't actually see the the violence, but they're screaming. And then um, you know it, it's definitely an altercation, right? On on Instagram, Sajar Eubanks made a statement as a victim. Like the, in the tweet, it was it was basically. Someone used her, like, I don't know if it was like her phone was open or whatever or, or something. Uh, Sajara is also managed by Ali and Ali usually runs the people's Twitter accounts of, of his fighters. Very sh- weird stuff going on. The tweet was was accusing Sarge, was accusing Sajara Eubanks. Uh, the Instagram was saying she was the victim of it. In the Instagram, she was saying, Oh, I, I've been, you know, I have, I've kept quiet because I didn't think my story would be believed me looking the way I do having the career I do. I didn't think people would believe I'd be a victim of, of abuse, but I have, my partner has been abusing me. Uh, and and it, it's now I'm speaking out because it's affecting my child. And so now I don't know what to fucking believe. I just wanted to, this is a big story. And I couldn't not talk about it because initially, initially it was based off the tweet, dude, when I put in my notes uh before the P- IG post came out. I literally wrote in my notes, so Jerry makes is a piece of shit because I thought at that point she's the abuser. And then I, I'm still kind of half convinced that, by the way, because the IG post, the fact that it was, it's like this whole thing and the tweet was deleted. I'm like, uh, who's? I don't know what foul play is, is, is afoot because I don't know if... It was foul play that whoever uh, put that in there, or it was foul play on the behalf of Sajara for deleting it.
2: Well, um, psychologically, let me tell you how these things uh, can work, do work, uh, just from my experience of, of knowing about it. Um, that certainly wasn't the first time, and they certainly had been yep. fighting probably a lot. Um, so in all, in all actuality, I will say um, that more than likely, I believe uh, uh, Sajara as a, a quote unquote victim. And I also believe Sajara as a, a quote unquote abuser. Um, they are, she, she is, they are both one and the same. The, the relationship that they are both in is toxic for both of them. The outcome of physicality that's happening between them is a, a drawing up or a over boiling of that, yeah. that feeling. Um, so it's just a, um, what do you call it? A, a smear, a smear campaign on both ends. It's just yeah. the other person. They've always known it about each other. They've just never talked about it. So the first time that it goes forward and viral, the other person's response is to say, well, you've been doing it to me for longer. And Mm. you could say whatever you want to say. If the idea is, is that
0: situation? Yeah. yeah.
2: Who, who hit first, but then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, sure. Um, But did the other person walk away, which I understand 100% is not easy Easy. to do. Mm -hmm. It is not easy in any way, shape or form to walk away from any of those situations, whenever those things happen, because it's someone that you love and care about and want to make things work. But with that being said, when stuff like this happens, both yeah, it is a it is one hundred percent a chicken and egg situation, and unfortunately, um, it's mm, it's it's it's, it's really messy. It's too it's too messy. Unfortunately, it's too messy. because of this, like you know, I mean, that could have that could have been the first time that Sajara ever fought, and was just pissed off about all the other times, or it could have been um, one of many times that Sajara has attacked, and you know what I mean. Like that's what I'm. It's it's. There's there's first of all, there's certainly not going to be clarification. I right. can tell you that. All right, and not not from uh, the person who sent who caught the video, and not from the Instagram that Ali runs. There's just not. Um, it's messy. What, what you can, what I would say your best course of action as, um, as someone who has, ha- as our best course of action, as people who have a platform that people want to listen to, is to move forward saying these, these things are happening and Sajara Eubanks is in a bad spot. She's in a bad place and whether or not she's the victim or the abuser um, because it's so muddy. um, You have to say that we just know that whatever's happening in her life is something that she's going to have to take a look at. And, and if she wants to be better for herself, um, she's going to have to, to uh, walk away from social media for a bit. Like uh, uh, don't, you know, go into therapy there. There's a lot of different things that you can do, but I I will tell you that um, this is, this is the interesting concept of like cancel culture and stuff like that, where, you know, yesterday you literally wrote in your notes. So Eubanks is a piece of shit. And then the next day it's not even, it's not clarified. It's just, well, she's the victim and it's like, Oh shit. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just too messy. There's, there's two sides to every story. And if you want the, the, Someone has to come out and say I was the person that struck first, and then from there you go from there. But if you don't have the information, all you can say is that Sajar Eubanks is in a very bad spot. Right. And that's it.
0: And I and I want to say this as well that like, I think it's important to note that neither of us are journalists, and people in the MMA like I don't want to say community because sometimes it doesn't feel like a community, but MMA fans in general. And the way they view things anyone who is in any position where they have a platform like that of media they like to say journalist we're yeah. not journalists right that is a that is a job that people have where they have to remain unbiased and they report news and only facts we just sharing our opinions and something that i need to get better at um is taking a cue from one of my favorites fernanda whenever there's something like this she either doesn't talk about it or like waits until all the things are out of something she's like well this situation Deserves a lot of care, and at this time, you know, it, she frames it in such a way where it, it is very like I don't want to say neutral, but without without remaining like completely unbiased, like giving a good opinion of it. And and it's something that I because I just dive right in with my emotions. I'm like, this shit is fucked up. Like something's going on here. And I, I should make it clear that we don't yet all have all the information because the video that I mentioned that was deleted, it's very dark. Like it's in a dark hallway with no lighting. You can't tell who's making the video and who's on the other end. Like I, it looked like it could be Sajara coming at her, but I don't know. And like, I, I, it's a lot. Yep. So um, let's, let's move on from that because something else that similarly deserves more care and, you know, there's there's two ways to take it, is on the broadcast last night, Michael Chandler uh, was used in a, in a Black History Month segment by the UFC. Now, it's worth noting that there were a few other segments, which they actually include a lot of Black fighters, and they wanted their thoughts on it. In my opinion, they haven't done enough of that this month. They've really shit the bed on this. That's another story for another day. I mean, it's, we might as well talk about it a little bit and you know, just we're at that point where they they could have done more and they haven't yet. I guess we still have more months to go in February, but my thing was this, the way they, they and by the way, Michael Chandler is not to blame here. Nor nor his family like keep them out of it for a little bit. Not entirely, obviously but it's not their fault. Like They're not going to say no to, to do this. They're just sharing their story about their beautiful son that they love. And, and and obviously he's getting more pressed, more notoriety or whatever. And they're trying to build this guy who hasn't had a lot of fights in the UFC. And he's kind of at the, he's like in the last leg of his career, right? So so the, the, it was just incredibly tone deaf because they framed it in such a way where it's like this white savior like mentality. And like, Bro, I understand it being like one part in, in 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 a series, but they just they haven't done enough to do that. And when they ha- they spent so much time on this one, and he, I don't know, I just got really upset. I was like, we have to talk about this. But again, like I, I don't want to go in just like emotionally charged. And um, it's something where I can see both sides of it a little bit, but I also don't want to sit on the fence. Like I definitely, I'm not okay with it. It, it felt wrong uh yeah it 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 was wrong
2: there is no ifs ands or buts about it it was wrong UFC you fucked that up You better. hard here's why the story itself like you said is not the problem it's framing it literally just has to do with framing any other time hey man save that story for when michael chandler fights for the belt exactly
0: It's is just a great story about adopting a, a, a son that you know
2: bro it was in bed dude do you know the worst i can I'm tell you it's little... like you have a bad taste
0: <clears throat> in your mouth about it like it's just might disgusting. get a
2: little uh, i might get a little emotional um <clears throat> bro in the part of the story where he explains that he went for three weeks, and um, and was there with the um, with the birth mom. Um, hey, bro. <laughs> uh, do you think she wants to do that? <clears throat> It's rough Do you You think she wants to have this meeting with you about this stuff You think You think that this is What she envisioned Um, No Yeah (laughs) No, it's, it's fucking not, it is not what she envisioned, man. (laughs) It's a happy. um, It's great. It's, it's great that you're doing something. That's, that's good, but um, it certainly shouldn't have been framed for, for, for a black history month. I can can tell you that.
0: Yeah. That's, that's my point. Framing, you know, nuance, context, that stuff matters because the story is was awesome. Listen, I probably am going to adopt at some point, don't yeah. know when, but it's going to happen. And I hope I have uh, an amazing story like that to tell as well. But uh, in this context, like, no, 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 UFC it, do better.
2: No, it, it was bad. It was, it was really bad. I, I, I just, I, it just.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I can't, I can't express, I can't express enough about how 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 sad that concept is to me um, you know having a son of my own and 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 you know him being um, away at this time but I just mean I but I just like I said I just mean in the terms of of what what like I said the frame the framing of it like, like yeah hey man um, I'm gonna spend three weeks with someone and this person's gonna give my child a better life now the decision to do that is great. But the decision to want to do that is certainly not in that person's heart. I know. I can tell you that. So what you what what hap, what happened if you actually cut to the core of that story on the reverse end, a mother had to make an incredibly terrible decision where she doesn't have to see her son anymore. Black history, y'all. So don't don't do that, UFC. Don't ever fucking do that shit again.
0: Yeah, it, it was, it was really bad. And I just, I, I can tell you're getting emotional. I'm, I'm upset about it. And I think we've said all that needs to be said. Am, am I wrong?
2: No. Yeah, you're right.
0: All right. Well, on that note, I do want to, I think we should take a break. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to, we're going to open up the forum. We're going to lift the spirits. because Yeah, that's what yeah, we need of right course.
2: Now. Please, let's do it.
0: All right. Be right back. We're back we are back and now it's time to start the forum this is where we get everyone's uh input from mma twitter and other uh sources as well mostly just twitter and uh some of those lovely people send in voice questions which is where we're going to start with so this first question comes from what's well, not really a question it's just an. i, I that was like the perfect way to start the forum which would just be this little shout from a brutally honest mma show so give this one a listen real quick
5: Well done lads, it's the only podcast that I'm listening to this week I don't have time for any others, I'm not a bum, I work, I've not got the time But if I'm listening to any podcast, it's the Friendly Sparring Podcast Always, well done
0: Fuck yeah dude, that Hey man Northern English, I love it That's so nice, thank you Well done lads, I'm working, I'm not a bum <laughs> I just Everything about that was perfect Everything about it, so... Uh, give those guys a, a shout out at the Brilliant MMA show. Um, definitely check them out. Uh, but this actually, the, the first question Question is from uh, the homie Ty Fly Guy. Um, let's hear it right now.
2: What's up, all? It's Ty here. With Derek Lewis's amazing knockout over Curtis Blades, do you think he should fight the winner of. Smiocic and Nganu? And if so, who do you believe Lewis would have a better chance at
3: beating? Love to hear the thoughts.
0: Peace. It's such a good question. And I love how he said, he started to say Stevie, I think, because he was like Smiocic. Uh, I vote calling Stevie Smiocic from now yeah, on.
2: Smiocic.
0: You Know this is tough for me, and I know, like, you know, you get very impassioned about Derek Lewis. I get pretty impassioned as well. But when I think about his chances against but we talked about it last week, I have said time and time again the Engana rematch needs to happen, even if it's not for the belt, like it needs to happen. Um, but it, 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 we need to see that fight again because it's not gonna be this it's not gonna go the same way. Um honestly, if Stepe wins. I think that's his best chance because he's gonna have to take some big shots from Engano to get the victory, to get in those wrestling exchanges to do the same thing he did last time, and he's not gonna be able to do that to Derek because a I think Derek has better cardio than Nganu. That's not really been proven, but I think just in the fact that we haven't really seen much of Nganu other than like getting friggin' ragdolled by Stepe. Um, in in terms of seeing him go the full five rounds, yeah. But also, he's gonna be his chin's gonna be a little bit more worn if that makes sense after yep. having like Stepe's chin. I mean, you know, after beating Ngannou, then Derek Lewis comes in there. That's it. Um, but but the Ngano, like if Ngannou beats Stepe and then Derek and Ngannou rematch, that's honestly a really tough fight for me to pick. I'm I got to be honest.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I think I think Ngannou. Lewis 2 is is a big it's a big big toss up they are they, they both equally have these bombs that that can be done well that's the interesting thing about it because let's say that fight which everyone doesn't think it will which is probably I mean you're probably 90 nine percent correct that that fight does not go all five rounds yeah in ganu and lewis it does not go all five rounds but with that being said it's interesting to see that if it went to the third or fourth round of who still got it and you know who's proved he still got it at the end the money <laughs> the lewis the money the lewis Hello. East. Hello Volkov Skyscraper it's the third round you look like you win Nope
0: nope. That's the thing to me too is that like Derek's chin is just so Incredible and we haven't really seen Ngannou's chin Because people haven't been able to land on him But Derek will fucking land on him
2: Yeah yeah it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a compelling fight now. Um like you said the first one was a perfect storm of, of Derek's back and, and Ganu's shy of losing to Stepe in such a interesting fashion. But I think I think in Ganu's confidence has has grown has grown exponentially,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, going on his tear. So I think when he gets back to um when he gets back to Stipe. I I have a feeling he's going to beat Stipe. Um, I think he's just going to be more accurate and probably just a little bit more calm. But at the same time, I feel like he's kind of embraced his power um, and he very much is a, is a very fast um, starter. He, he's like embraced fast starting a lot more. So if Stipe, I mean, and Stipe avoided a lot of that stuff um, in the beginning, but, yeah, it, it, mm. I, I I think Inganu has over the progression of this because of the way that we've seen him knock people out at this point. His game plan has been the same, but I think when he goes in there with Stipe again, I think he's going to be a little bit more reserved. He's going to pick his shots more, um, but there, there's part of me that he's like, no, I am stronger than him. I hit harder than a Mack truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, you know, it, yeah, I, I think... I think it should be Derek Lewis and Ganu to International Fight Week. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I think their first fight was the International Fight Week card, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wait,
2: when's, uh, when's Ganu Steve? March. Yeah, yeah, Der- <laughs> Derek Lewis and Ganu to I International Fight might, Week. Actually,
0: it might be. It's at the yeah. end of March. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought.
2: Right. Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. Um, but any, regardless, even if it's not, I, I just, honestly, I was just thinking about the the time between fights and if, uh, if Nganu shows no damage.
0: Yeah.
2: Lewis. Well, I mean,
3: ugh, I your know question it's so hard,
2: right? doesn't No, Hold on. Your question doesn't acknowledge fucking John Jones.
0: No, I was thinking of that too. Yeah um yeah so, so, the so winner, yeah and
2: so. in ganu Ga- john jones international fight week i guess
0: so yeah but honestly like oof. we have to see we have to see like it's almost like we can't even answer that question yet uh, but i was just gonna say if we had to give an answer as far as like how does he match up with those guys i think we give a pretty good answer but as far as like i'm thinking right now like let me just let me just ride the high off that Derek win like let me just say like Derek fucking smokes them both you know what i mean yeah even if it's yep. not true which yep. is not
2: Right. It's not, but that's okay. We can
0: believe it. That's okay. I also do.
5: Yeah.
4: Also true.
0: It's a great um, fucking question from the homie Rhino
5: juicy fruit baby it's your big homie rhino from the combat sports of rhino podcast so we had ourselves a first in the uh, weigh-ins for tonight's ufc card uh Alves missed by 11.5 pounds the most egregious miss in the history of the ufc organization if we put the dana white cap on you juice and then now you as well leo and you guys have to make the decision of what you're going to do with a fighter who misses by that incredible amount of overweight. What are you going to do? Are you going to cut him? Are you going to give him another chance? What's what's the uh, what's the plan going forward? Uh, if you guys were in charge, love to hear it. Love the show. Talk to you later. Peace. Mm.
0: Fuck yeah, Rhino. And 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 shout out to to Combat Sports with Rhino. Great podcast, guys. Go check it out. This is a tough one because I feel like in general. Like regardless of this one they are way too lax with weight missing like there's not enough penalties the commission penalizes them but the ufc doesn't really do that. they've forced people to move out before like with multiple infractions like kelvin Gastelum things like that but i mean as far as what i what i read from the articles that were talking about this stuff he said uh he being Alvis in this situation the guy that missed um he said that he is going to go up to lightweight next but it's like what if it's like Charles Oliveira for years, he was, a, he was a lightweight. And then he was like, maybe he was losing to some of the top guys. I'm not sure what the motivation was, but he was like, let me go down to featherweight. He would, he would miss weight at featherweight. He would lose at featherweight. Then they would, they would kind of force him to go up being like, Hey man, you got to go up. He would get a win at 55. He would choke someone out really quick. He would get on the mic and be like, go back to featherweight next. And we're like, no dude. So I don't like, I hope this is a situation where they make him move up. Um, as, as far as to answer the question point blank, and by the way, this being the most weight miss in UFC history, like that's not a good record, bro. I, like, I almost wish they wouldn't. I mean, I'm glad we know that. But the fact that like, not only this, I don't know if it's still true, but Jeremy Stevens used to have the record for most losses in the UFC. That's not a good record to have and they shouldn't necessarily be publicizing it. But Alves, if, if, dude, if I was in the position of... of, but Speaking of, of not just being Dana, I think the matchmakers are the ones that have a lot of the penalties or they maybe kind of meet collectively. But I would, first of all, this guy has to move up to lightweight. As a matter of fact, he cannot even think about going back down until he has four successful times weighing in in a row for four fights in a row. And, and then as far as penalty, like, You're not getting a raise, bro. I I hate to like... See, I think the commission should find them. I don't think it's on the promotion to find them, but I do think it's on the promotion to take action as far as, you know, you can't miss weight anymore. You have to be moved up. And it got... Like, the PI has a nutritionist (laughs) on staff. They have access to that. There's no fucking excuse. And like, I saw someone post a clip. It might have been uh jason williams it might have been someone else they definitely posted the clip of paul felder and his post for interview saying anyone that missed weight you ain't shit i had five days notice to cut 20 pounds i killed myself to get on this scale make fucking weight and that's it so
2: wow felder felder must be just
0: he's got that big dragon energy
2: yeah yeah he must be really on the Yeah. He must really just be at home, just angrily reading a monologue right now because <laughs> good God. I mean, damn 11.5. Well, here's the thing. What's the history of no, sorry. Cut him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. cut him. Yeah. I mean... cut him.
2: It, it, it's, it's too. Or, or at the very least, um, d- deny him from, from being in that class in that way, class, like just say, no, uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, yeah i guess i would need to look at the logistics of his contract um if i were the you know yeah if i were dana white um that's that's it and if there's any history of it uh if it happened before by a little bit um by a little bit mm, like i said 0.5 pound okay whatever um yeah but uh if it happens this way in such a honestly the reason why they're called records, bro, is because he did it in such a spectacular fashion. All right. <laughs> you fucking miss yeah. weight in the most spectacular way that you possibly could. Uh, he said, you know what? Hold my beer because I keep drinking them because <laughs> <laughs> what? Because uh, he's so fucking fat, dude. What the actual fuck? No, but I mean, yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I cu- uh, either cut him or um, yeah, or ju- or deny him the. Saying like I want to take a fight at that weight, because mm-hmm. he was supposed to fight uh, Pena, yeah. Uh, I think no, so. no, no, because no, I think the Pena fight was was canceled because of the uh, COVID things.
0: Yeah. Okay. I I think he was supposed to fight. I don't know. Someone. Bum. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Bum. Well, he's the bum
0: all right this uh this next question is from the australian homie pat tobin i can't fucking wait to answer this question
4: hey juice pat tobin here mate hope you are well and uh hello to you too leo good to be speaking to you for the first time mate uh really enjoyed the show last week welcome aboard I uh, wanted to speak today about, get your thoughts on fighter nicknames. Now, we all know there's some great fighter names, some good ones, some bad ones, some really shit ones, and also Coconut Bombs, which is in a league of its own. But uh, I want to speak today about uh, fighters uh, who don't have a nickname. You know, plenty of fighters, uh, Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, have had great careers. We've got former champions, Brock Lesnar, Frank Mir, Forrest Griffin, and, and others who aren't really known for their nicknames or just don't have one at all, which I uh, the question I then have is, is why do we care about fighter nicknames so much? You know, what role do they play, if any? Uh, you know, mean, people say, you know, trash talking has no impact on a fight but it it can because it can generate interest towards a fight which puts more eyeballs on the fight puts more pressure on someone it also can get your opponent fighting emotionally which can have a direct impact on on the actual fight itself but fighter nicknames i I, the more i think about it i just don't understand i've I've never really wanted you know i've got to watch this fight because this guy's got an awesome nickname that that's hardly ever happened if at all i'm trying to think of a case um there's just it has no impact it doesn't have any any um influence on your opponent no one cares once the actual fight starts what your nickname is it just seems like we place so much emphasis but I can't think of any reason why they're so important yet we were so critical of them or loving of them in some instances uh the only thing I can think of is that you know sometimes it's easy to remember someone's nickname like the Korean zombie you know people people know zombie and just know who you're talking about because if, you know his name is not the easiest to remember. But then you got Habib the Magomedov, which no one knows him as the Eagle. Really, everyone's just he's just Habib. So yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on all that. Do we put too much emphasis on nicknames? Do they have any impact at all? And if if you know, why do we care so much? Thanks, mate. See ya.
0: I thought this was such an interesting question.
2: What? Okay, yeah. What, guys? <laughs> that every time that. Here's why. Well, maybe not for us, uh, because we fucking do three hour long podcasts, uh, which we're trying not to today. Hopefully we can we can hit that. But what a what an amazing question. Yeah. Like blow the doors off. Amazing, because if it were just like, ah, oh, what do you think about fighter nicknames? I was like, OK, but like just the dichotomy of what he brought to the whole lore of it and his points. And I was like, OK, yeah yeah exactly. no i get that and like I, i'm just like wow i, I really make it ch- it's chert like my, my brain and has not stopped ticking since he started presenting his points and i was like oh, "This is really a really really great question because it's really making me think like why why yeah dude why coconut bombs why does that bother <laughs> me
0: exactly and 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 shout out to Patone because he he's i been a loyal listener for a long time and always love his, his input question, it's always man. spot on he, he he messaged me he was like Uh, what's the time limit on questions on, 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 on voice questions, because I might need more than a minute. And I was like, yeah, on on Anchor it's a minute, but you can email it and it can be whatever. So just email. He was like, yeah, spent two minutes exactly detailing his point and made some great points. At the end of it made me feel dumb for caring so much about nicknames. However, I will, I will say this, like for me, it's, it's always been like, I enjoy, the actual competition of it i enjoy the violence aspect of it the sport of it but more than anything it's the entertainment factor i like the pageantry i like the walkouts i like nicknames and things like that and people people have like a gimmick like before the reback era when they used to be able to wear whatever they want lee murray coming out in the fucking hannibal mask and the in the are you kidding me the muzzle i love it i love shit like that so like that's why for me it's so important and 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 to have no nickname is fine but if you're gonna have one it is so important and I I was thinking about too like part of the reason why I think a lot of people don't have uh nicknames is there's like a, a, a gym culture uh with within fighting not just MMA but boxing as well that you're not allowed to give yourself a nickname like it has to be earned or whatever and and some people won't even fucking talk about it like Paul Craig is like what happens in the gym stays in the gym and they called me beard in the gym and i'm not telling you i'm like bro just tell me Like, i want to know like obviously it's uh, a glorious bastard's reference but tell me the moment tell me when you fucking got this guy in a nasty armbar and they were like dude you broke his arm you're the fucking beard like something like that you know what i mean yeah um, rhino got his nickname we just heard he's a boxer he got his nickname from a fight he was in a fight and he was charging looking like a rhino and they were like you're the rhino and it's stuck. And it's a great fucking nickname for him. But it, my point is, that it, it's important. It's so important for stuff like that. Like, the Rampage. His name is Quentin. Quentin's not a terrible name. But, uh, like when, I'm, when I'm seeing him find out, I want to be like, oh, that's Quentin Jackson. No. Rampage Jackson.
1: <laughs> Leo's still laughing, by the way. <laughs> I just knocked him on his ass with that. <laughs> Fighting, out of the blue border. Quinted.
2: <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't, I'm laughing so hard because <laughs> the idea of you, just, you are undefeated. <laughs> just stop right there. <laughs> you are undefeated in somehow expressing how you feel about something (laughs) by trying to say the exact opposite. (laughs) I don't know how it's possible that you do that. You literally just said (laughs) his name is (laughs) Quinton, And then you go, it's not a bad name. obviously you think it's the worst name
1: here's the thing <laughs> I think last it's because- week.
2: this happened last week you're like look we're not going to talk about the legalities of whether or not we watch <laughs> it we fucking stream the fight <laughs> like,
3: what the fuck
0: listen i think i just felt guilty in that moment i was like i don't want to shit on someone's name for just having the name that your parent because i hate my name and that's the thing too I think that's why I have the stance. Now I'm realizing as well, like from the psychological aspect of it, my real name is Aaron. There's people that are like on Twitter and podcasts that have a name that they go by that isn't their name. And it's because they want to have their anonymity. Good for you, man. Hey, for me, it's about identity. It's, it's, I hate my name. It's so bad. And I don't want to be known as that. And uh, I decided a long time ago, my name is going to be juice. That's it, and I had a reason. I'm not going to. It's a boring story, but my fucking name is Juice. Yep. That's it. So, like, I, when when someone has a nickname that they strongly identify, I really like it. And what are like Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz? Great sounding names. I don't need a, they I don't need a nickname. Quentin? No, he needed Rampage. <laughs>
2: okay. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, to call a, Um. My my thoughts are. I agree with Juice on the sense of uh, of the peasantry, um, but uh, to your to your point, damn, you, I mean that, that's it's a really really good point about about yeah.
0: Well, he made a good point a, about trash talk being like mental warfare, but yeah. the nicknames are not a part of that. It's like no one's like, oh, he has a dangerous sounding nickname. I don't want to fight him.
2: Yeah, but also like you know, I mean, you, you bro, you bring up a, a lot of good points about the sport because specifically about the cage door closing you know about the fight itself happening you know but i will say that the importance of them can mean a lot as far as identity goes because i was telling my friend my my roommate hey uh derek lewis is fighting tonight he's like oh okay and i was like yeah yeah uh derek the black beast lewis and he's like oh the black beast and i was like yes that's how you know him i did not know that you you didn't know him as Derek Lewis. You know, I thought that the name was in between. And like you said, for a Korean zombie, everybody knows you're talking about zombie. You know, you're talking about, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name.
0: Chan Sung Jung.
2: Thank you, Chan Sung Jung. -Jung. Um, Everybody knows you're talking about him. So uh, I I think... I think they're fine. I, I don't uh if it if they're good, they're good. I mean, like I yeah. told Juice like sexy Mexi was probably not the best name. Bro, uh, that is okay. the best. What are oh, you talking right. about? Anyway, it's are we about to have not. a
0: fight about sexy Mexi?
2: Bro, it's not a good one. It's certainly not a tough one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh there's a there's a Japanese fighter who's Akiyama. I forget his last name, but he goes by sexyama, and that's Sheskis. Well,
2: I think uh, <laughs> I think Listen, I'm just going to say one thing, and I think it's going to set juice off, um, because not a lot of fighters really invoke their names, um, mm-hmm. their, 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 you know, the names. Um, well, there is one fighter that invokes his name, and that's Charles
0: Crazy Horse Bennett.
1: It's felony, dude. <laughs> He has two. <laughs> he fucking has two.
0: I hope Goon is listening and being like, yeah, it's forever Crazy Horse. We fight about it all the time.
2: It's two. He has two of them. Yeah. <laughs> you even but say. You're like, he has two. Felony is a good one. It is. It's good. But Crazy Horse, because of who he is, fits him a lot better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you
2: don't believe that, but okay.
0: <laughs> no, I mean the only reason I, I get vehement about it is because he he made a whole thing. He actually blocked uh anyone that help- calls him crazy horse? Yeah. That's a different was, story then. Okay. Because he, he felt like that was bestowed upon him and he, he felt like it was a reflection on his mental health. And he was like, ah. like sometimes you hear like Charles Bennett talk and you're like, this guy's not okay. <laughs> and so and then he was like when he decided to come back and and change his name to felony it was about like embracing his past and not running from it and he made this whole diatribe about it that actually kind of made sense to me so i'll always be like dude that's felony but i understand people that knew him from like the pride days and you know knocking out Vanderlay in the back um he's he's legendary so you know if if he's forever crazy horse to you i get it but for me he's felony just because i i want to live in it. but you're right he has two he has two
2: which is great, um, but also, oh, another one, um, just my own personal opinion, uh, Frankie Egger uh, shouldn't be the answer, he should be Bobby Knuckles, <laughs> and um, and Robert, uh, Whitaker. Robert Whitaker can still be the Reaper, but, but for real, I, I, like, someone from New Jersey not being known as Bobby Knuckles bothers me.
0: I know, it sounds like a mob name, doesn't it, for real, like- 100%. Okay, this is Joey the Nose, this is uh, Frankie the Rat, this is Bobby Knuckles, it sounds like it.
2: Yeah. So the fact that Frank Yeager isn't known as Bobby God, fucking yeah. Knuckles. Um, you're talking, well, you talking about Bobby Knuckles over there. Oh shit. I already you killed some guy on the
0: bad side of Bobby Knuckles.
5: No, not Bobby Knuckles. Never Bobby Knuckles.
0: You owe Bobby Knuckles money. I'm going to stop planning your funeral. <laughs>
2: hey, I'm going to fucking pack you in a fucking cannoli next time. You motherfucker. Uh,
0: Fun fact, cannolis is part of why I got blocked by
1: Rage and Sweet Potato.
2: Love it. Cool. All right.
1: <laughs> All right on uh, to the next
2: question.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think we said our piece. We both love nicknames. And and uh, Pat brings up a great
0: point about the psychological aspect of it, but I I don't know. I'd love it. It's always been a part of common sports, like pro wrestling and boxing. It's just a part of it that I love. Right. Um, this next question is from MMA Catfish. And These transcripts from the, because it's set up through Google Voice and so I get emails with them. And I just want to read the transcript before I play the message. Not the whole thing, but. He, juicy baby, and video. It's a mermaid catfish, by the way. Can we get like a combined nickname for you guys? Because I'm not smart enough for originals to come up with one month. Any who's Z. I know you're both Lewis stans. And I loved Eric Lewis. All right, I really want to play the actual message though, because it's a great, it's a great message.
1: Fucking a. Ugh, technical difficulties.
5: Hey, juicy baby, and Leo, <laughs> it's MMA catfish. Um, by the way, can we get like a combined nickname for you guys? Because I'm not smart enough or original enough to come up with one. Any hoozy? I know you both Lewis stands. And I love Derek Lewis. He is a fun dude. He is really, really funny. He clearly gives a shit about people and like in Houston during the hurricane was a bad motherfucker. Like he's really cool, man. And he's got a lot of power. But we all saw him get manhandled by D C and I just don't see him holding the title or truly being at elite level MMA fighter. Curtis Blades is super inconsistent. Uh, I believe a long time ago I called for him to be cut and Juice disagreed with me. And I think the fact that like, he wrestled like absolute crap until he got knocked out only shows me right. Uh, the guy has moments of beauty and then fights like absolute trash. And... He should have been able to completely wrestle-fuck Lewis and look at the outcome. That's absolutely ridiculous. Now, again, I love Lewis, and I know that Juice cannot pick without his heart. I don't know that yet about Leo, but I feel like the question here is, if we look at them without using our hearts to pick, what is Lewis's ceiling? I think he's probably reached it at really great guy fun fights that people want to see and that's not the worst place to be. Also F.M.P.
0: Okay a couple of things we're not cutting Curtis Blades regardless of him getting yeah. knocked the fuck out <clears throat> he's not trash uh, he just hasn't yet have a well runned skill set he's a specialist you tell me you want to cut Damian Maya for not having good striking? No Curtis Blades is the man Secondly, as far as Derek Lewis's ceiling, it's hard to answer, right? So it's, it's hard to just say like, you know, that's, that's a fair question that, uh, you know, it's asked of a lot of fighters across several divisions. Like what's their ceiling? Do you see them being top 15? Do you see them being top five, you know, fighting for a belt, winning a belt with heavyweight, I feel like that question is not as apropos because just the fact that he had a title shot and he lost to DC. You're talking about a guy with no wrestling background who usually just knocks people out and doesn't even have to use defensive wrestling for a guy who was an Olympian and a great champion across two weight classes. Of course, that was going to happen. Like I was talking with my my friend at work when that fight happened, who actually... Is one half of nutrition, uh, one of the nutritionists that they, they did. They worked on John's John's camp for a little bit, whatever. Um, they worked for with uh, Jose Shorty Torres a lot. He was like, "Oh my God, DC is gonna kill him! Like he's gonna kill him." And people knew that going into the fight. So I don't think that's fair to say like because Derek Lewis had a title shot and lost against an elite wrestler that that's his ceiling as far as like he's not going to ever win the title. Because the fact of the matter is Derek Lewis can knock anyone out on any given day with heavyweight. It can change like number 30 could beat number one with one punch. It can happen at heavyweight. Like that whole idea of like a puncher's chance, like I said, it's not really fair across like, All other weight classes, like if you have a guy that hits hard because other things can nullify that. But a heavyweight dude, like that's how they fight, and that's what could happen a lot. And Derek Lewis has made a career out of that. So I think it really depends on the style matchup. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Derek Lewis could fight for a belt again. And he could be that guy that ends up challenging multiple times, like Wonder Boy or someone who challenges multiple times and, and always the bridesmaid, never the bride that doesn't get the title. But to say that he's just like a fun fighter that we want to see a few times. I don't think that's fair. I, th- I think he has more to go and more to show us.
2: Yeah. We're, we're well, in that's a biased. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, exactly. That's um, we're in a, it's the fight game, man. Like yeah. anything could happen at any point in time. Someone does something wrong. Someone slips, anything like that. The months of training and all that stuff. Don't pay off for the other guy. They're both in there going, doing the most that they possibly can. You know what I mean? Like they both have a full fight camp or however you want to look at it. Five days notice, whatever happens. But when they get in that ring, all the training that was leading up to that is what they have on them. So whenever one of them wins or loses, um, <clears throat> no, your ceiling is Derek Lewis's ceiling is whatever he wants it to be is his own. When he gets in there and he, and he knocks out Stepe or he knocks out in or he knocks out John Jones. Oh, he can knock out all those. He could
3: literally
2: right knock out all those people. He he can't. He John actually Jones can't.
0: Unconscious on the canvas.
2: Yeah, and Derek Lewis being his fucking black beast standing honor? over him,
0: bro. Yeah. <laughs> I fap wish I had away. video right now You see me fapping.
2: Yeah, fapping. <laughs> oh, um, I said that very weird, but um, he did. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, like elite, elite fighters, bro. They're in the UFC. <laughs> Like he said that he's at the top of the ha- half of, of the uh, he's in the top five. Most knockouts in UFC history tied right now with Vitor Belfort tied. Mm-hmm. That's what tied. he does. So he's in a, uh, he's an elite one trick pony, but he does that trick.
0: He does it very better well.
2: than anyone else. Well he finds his, his fist finds people's chins. If he finds your chin, it's over so his his when he fights in same concept when he fights stipe same thing his path to victory has always been the same and what's even stranger about that is how what he thinks about it that's what's strange i only wanted to do three fights 21 yeah. fights bro his ceiling was three fights so he's way past that at this point So I don't think there is going there. The ceiling is when he decides to stop. I think that it's very possible that Derek Lewis could hold a belt. Yeah. It's not out of the rumble possibility with a, with a game plan that Stipe might have or in or any of them, he can change that game plan in an instant. I mean, look at last night, Curtis blades, get him to the ground, get him to the ground. First exchange. Oh shit. Yeah. Come back in. Okay. You know what? Go to the game plan. Dead,
0: dead in the water, dead in the water. And and I want to say this as well. And here's what makes me think that Derek Lewis has has what it takes to become a champion or or, or could become a champion. He has that it factor of just like not quitting, dude. Like, yeah. and there have been times when he like has gassed out or like his back broke, and it seems like he quit or whatever. But, man dc in my opinion gave him the most props i've ever seen anyone give Derek lewis and i feel like we don't give it enough mm-hmm. he was talking about Derek lewis's story and how like dc um <clears throat> researches his opponents and make sure not just like their record and how they fight just like who they are and how they got here he's like Derek lewis is a guy that wasn't supposed to be here and like shout out to my my man freelance Goonies. He had a great tweet about it like Derek lewis was incarcerated a couple times you know he, he was a truck driver a little bit and he came back like he's in his mind, like didn't think he would make it this far, but he's always going to be pushing for more. Uh, And like DC said, his game plan or whatever, like Ariel asked for a specific thing. And he said, um, you know, Derek Lewis has a habit of like bench pressing guys off of him when he wants to get up from a takedown or from getting taken down. Mm -hmm. He said, if he does that against me, he's going to take, get his arm broken. You know, I'm going to get an arm bar. But then he said, after the fight, DC said, well, I realized that he's a guy that's not going to quit. You can not tap to an arm bar and let your arm break and, and, and get out of it. Derek Lewis would absolutely have done that. That's where he's like, just chokes, just chokes. So I ended up choking him out, but yeah. I just, it, you know, he has that it factor that makes me think he can go to the next level.
2: Yeah. hundred percent.
0: And to parlay that we have another Derek Lewis question from the homie struggle face, Tom fucking love this guy. And I I was waiting for him to to call into the forum. He's the fucking man. And uh, the transcript for his is also really fucking funny that I want to read. It says, you see, it's a little palace. We are obviously both Derek Lewis tan. It's antique. (laughs) Someone miners are obviously there is and legendary.
1: (laughs) It's just, it's just.
0: All right, let me let me just play because it's a, it's a really it's a really good question.
5: You see, a old pal, double faced Tom. We are obviously both Derek Lewis fans. His antics and one liners are obviously hilarious and legendary. My question is this: How much of it is like trolling and comedy? And how much of it is genuine? I ask because I I like it and it's dope. But I also want him to be taken seriously and get a belt. I mean, uh, Overeem, come on, bro. All right, let me know.
0: The only thing I didn't understand about that, because it's a phenomenal question, by the way. Tom is the man. I interact with him on the timeline all the time. And... Because of him, the, a moment in the in, in the the Twitter form is going to happen, which Leo doesn't even know about. Um, but the the unnecessary shot at Overeem, what was that? Yeah,
2: at the very end, it was pretty funny.
1: Overeem, come on, bro. Well,
0: because he no,
2: because Derek Lewis said he wanted to fight Overeem.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so
2: that's <laughs> where, yeah, that's where it comes together.
0: Wow. To to answer that now that I know that, because I missed that completely, Overeem had called him out a while ago. Yeah. He was like, I want to fight hotballs. I think he's stupid. How about that? I, I can beat him. He's not that good. His stick isn't that funny to me. I want to fight hotballs. That was Overeem's call out. And uh uh I think Derek Lewis sends him to the shadow realm, to be honest with you. It's like not even and I yeah. love Overeem too. Like I hate saying that because you know. Now in his career, Overeem is kind of a grappler, and he could he could probably out grapple Lewis, but he's gonna get caught on the way in, just like Curtis did.
2: Yeah. Uh, hmm. uh, Derek Lewis being funny uh, is is just it is it's hundred percent just him.
0: Yeah, I think I think
2: after the after the. I can't remember which fight it was. Um, the hot balls, all, all the stuff that's come from that, all the like the microphone in the octagon has been um, has been gold. There was one time during the one of the pressers, I think it was the last fight he had uh, against Volkov, where he was like talking off camera and he was like, "I gotta take a shit" or whatever. Um, that was obviously him being funny because at yeah. that point he was try- he was trying for something there. I-, I think to say that you can't take him seriously as a fighter would be, I mean. I'll, yeah, you'd tell me a joke and knock me out Sure why the fuck not like that's what Derek Lewis is gonna do he's gonna and not even tell me a joke he's just gonna be himself. I mean I was I was watching the <laughs> some pre-fight scrums and he was like, who do you thinks gonna someone was like who do you think's gonna win between Steve Bay and Ganu And Derek was like hmm um yeah I think in Ganu. and then the guy goes why And then Derek goes, I don't know I'm just answering your question dude like, <laughs> Exactly. i don't know they're in my division and that's what you asked me it's so funny whenever i was like he was like i don't care and then and then even in that that post-fight interview where he was like i'm gonna be all american that's it and then everyone was like no but seriously And he's like nope i'm gonna do what i want to do <laughs> I, you're using my time for this so i'm gonna say what i want to say right now and i'm not saying anything offensive you just
0: you right. can say what you want and, and, and exactly just to, to get back to tom's question i just think you know Obviously he's not for everybody. There's there's yeah. going to be people that think it's a, but the point for me is it's not a gimmick and that's what's so amazing about it. He's just naturally that funny. Maybe sometimes he plays up a bit. I mean that's what people who are funny do. Yeah. But for anyone saying like they don't take him seriously like it's just it's just fucking sports fans, the same people that fucking try and and talk about like Xs and Os and 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 stuff where it has no business being there like oh, well, Derek Lewis is never going to be an elite heavyweight because he can't defend the takedown. Shut the fuck up.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, he's going to do what he's going to do.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a heavyweight, bro. Like He's he's going to get in there. He's going to knock people out, and that's it. That's all we want to see, and that's what we get with Derek he, Lewis.
2: He's delivered so many times.
0: <laughs> so many times to the point where he is on the cusp of a record. And the only, the only thing that, that Vitor has more than him, and I, I actually thought he had... Did he tie Vitor last night? Or, or? He, tied. he tied. Okay. Yeah, for some reason I thought he was maybe already past him because v- Vitor uh, was in the early UFC days, but like pre-Zufa days. So I think like sometimes when they do the records, they do modern UFC, meaning like starting from the Zufa era, and sometimes they include all of them. So like that's sometimes not fair, depending upon who is in the contention. So yeah, uh, honestly, I, I think he's he's fucking there, man.
2: Everyone take him seriously and also yeah. laugh at him because he's Exactly.
0: Great. Yeah. Take it, take him seriously by laughing. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to jump now into the Twitter questions. Um, oh, let me do the fucking screen share. Cause that's the best part about this. So the first question comes from the MMA dude, my homie, Phil at Phil, the MMA dude co-host of the split decision podcast. He said, Juice, I have to ask, is Curtis Blades too one-dimensional to ever become champ? He's taken such pleasure in bragging about uh, his wrestling-heavy approach prior to fights, saying there's nothing his opponents can do to stop him and get brutally KO'd after telegraphing shots. This has happened twice now against Francis and once against Derek Lewis. Does Curtis need to add more tools to his arsenal? It's an interesting question, and I'll say my answer is pretty quick and I'll, I'll let you elaborate. Um, I was actually thinking about this on, on one of the other questions from either, I don't know if it was either MMA catfish or, or Tom, the lineage of the heavyweight belt is similar to what we were talking about with Brad's question last week about thing heavyweight, even though it's a like rock'em sock'em division, the amount of wrestlers and just grapplers in general who've held that belt is actually pretty fucking interesting. So you got Stipe, who's he's a wrestle boxer, but he, he has a wrestling background. Uh, before he took the belt from Verdum, who's a jiu-jitsu guy. Verdum got it from Kane, who's a wrestler. Before that was Brock, it was Randy, all wrestlers. Uh, so it's kind of interesting that that might preclude him from getting the belt. Because I actually think if he would stick more to that, as long as guys like Ngannou aren't around, like if Ngannou wasn't around, Curtis might fucking be champion. Well, I mean, they're still Stipe. Curtis actually admits that they trained together when, Stipe was an am- or when Curtis was an amateur and that Stipe well, was a very good wrestler. So, um,
2: I, uh, I think, um, I just have to go back to what I said before. It's the fight game. Um, anything could happen in, in these times. I, I mean, you know, he, he tagged, uh, Derek pretty nicely last night. So, you know, to say if he can work on that more or something along those lines, I mean, Yeah. No, I, no, I don't think he, I don't think yeah. he's too one-dimensional, but unfortunately like who's going to be waiting there for, for him at the top is going to be Derek Lewis. So what is he going to do? You know, just <laughs> yeah, go to the shadow realm do, over and over again,
0: over and over, over and again. Over, yeah. <laughs> Great question, Phil. Thank you so much. Uh, this next one is from Dave Fritz. He says, once again, a perceived quote weaker card by many fun, a lot of fights. Uh, what was your favorite UFC Vegas 19 moment?
2: uh for me it was actually um uh michael bisping saying something like uh <laughs> putting words in someone's mouth like oh yeah helping uh hoping that your uh opponent gets covid so that you can uh you know have an easy fight there. i like your style or something like that and i was like <laughs> i love that i love that he just said that out loud it's so funny
0: bisping is the fucking go i don't give a fuck what anyone says about it. like certain things like he's the man he is the man yeah. i love bisping um I'm going to say, for me, it was...
2: Oh, you're going to say my, the Michael Chandler part,
0: right? Oh, stop it, dude. <laughs> no. It... it really spoke to you, right? I think I'm going to go back to the Sexy Mexi fight just because that was my, my pick. I, that was a sick-ass knockout, and I loved hearing him on the fight. And this is what made me love Sexy Mexi more, which I didn't say before. He shout out uh, one of his family members who passed, his Tia, who passed due to COVID. And it's just like reminding people that this is a fucking serious thing that's going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I love that. That was, that was for me. Next question is from <laughs> pizza shit. I always forget that Yugi's little emojis is, is pizza shit, um, but vibes at Yugi MMA. Um, check oh, Check him out on the, um, the iPoke podcast. I love what he does. He says, great fight night, juicy boy. And Leo We should add. That's okay. I don't uh, worry. About it. Quick question: Now that heavyweight has been shaken up quite a bit, how high do you think Cyril Gann goes? A lot of people are high on him, and he's a great fighter, but he has pillow hands, and the top five through seven are all uh, knockout fighters. Thoughts? I'll let you think. Because to me, like I, I'm one of those people that is high on Cyril Gann because. Say what you want about his pillow hands. I think it gets the job done and his kickboxing is elite. He used to fight for glory. And the the fact that he's like a kickboxer that will try and go for submissions. I love it. Like his, his first fight in the UFC, he got an arm triangle, which is like a wrestler submission. His second fight, he was beating the guy up. He was in his guard and he just sat back and grabbed a heel hook. He didn't have to do that. He was going to either get a TKO or win a dominant decision, but he just snatched that guy's ankle. And I thought it was fucking awesome. So for me, the the only thing though, specifically in reference to the question of how high does he go, they may be rushing him a bit with the, with the Rosen fight and just kind of in general. I mean, he got through JDS, but it's a not prime JDS, a post prime JDS. They may be rushing him a bit, and I'm not sure where that that goes. Plus, at the top, he's going to run into Francis, and uh, they know how that goes because they were training partners. They know how that fight goes, and it's interesting to me.
2: Yeah. Um- I, I don't know. I mean, like we're really, really, really going to find out next week um, because it's as high as the UFC is also willing to, to put him, like you said, it is a little bit fast, especially with, with next week's fight. But um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, I got a feeling, I mean, for my fight picks for, for next week, Rosenstruck's out there to prove something now. Uh, like he always has been, but I just think that after, you know, with Francis and all that stuff, I think, um, I mean, I, the, I think the hype train might, might stop. Uh, I think, I think Rosenstreich might unleash all of his, uh, his anger on Cyril, but mm. it's, yeah,
0: we'll see. But I, I we'll see. We'll see when we make our picks. I don't want to know what your pick is. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, as, as far as specifically answering that question, I think he, I think he's top five, but it, it's yeah. tough because, you know, the heavyweight division can change on a dime, like we said, mm-hmm. and it's not just the one punch knockout bar. It's just like, you know, people are always retiring. Like it's it's full of old blood. There's a lot of young blood right now, which is interesting. So it's it's a fun division right now. This next question from Brat, nice person at Brat MMA, love her. She says, "Hey, Leo and Juice, hope you both enjoyed the fights, and especially my new favorite nickname, Sexy Mexi." That smells like vindication to me.
2: I mean, I guess, but it should be my fucking nickname, bro.
0: Oh, so what's a? Okay, I guess I I can't say that because I'm jealous about Julian Rosa, so I can't say that like <laughs> you're being salty for no reason. I get it. Stay Hayden. It's it yeah, I, will. Good I will. I'm gonna keep Hayden. All right. She says, my question is about Alexio Linick. He's got 75 pro fights and is probably at least over 30. He's over 40, by the way, uh, or at least 40. I think he's over 40, uh, like 41 or 42. Um, is, it, is it time for him to maybe think about a different job yet?
2: Yeah, like professionally opening jars for
0: people or what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> professionally opening jars.
0: What if he just like runs a gym, calls it like Ezekiel MMA? because <laughs> of all the ezekiel jokes got.
2: yeah and everyone's like oh he must be like really religious He's like what
1: <laughs> i i don't understand what is this what is religion
2: yeah well i'm the religion here it is ready
1: <laughs> yeah here's it get the
0: ezekiel
2: we only believe in the ezekiel
0: i mean to your, to her point like he's kind of reached the end of the road yes like but he's one of those guys because he hasn't taken a lot of damage from being a grappler that he's except for now, we've seen him take a lot in the UFC. I think he's going to have to be forced out. I yeah. think he's going to have to be forced out and it's going to be sad.
2: I do. I, I do want to see one more submission from him and then I'm, I'm cool.
0: Yeah. I want him to go out on a high. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. a submission and that's it.
2: But yeah, but yes, yes, it is about time to get a different job. And I think that job should be professionally opening jars for people.
0: Uh, okay, so this next question is from Toto, hashtag 94, at it's Toto time, underscore. This, this this, person has changed their, they used to, they now, they've landed on Toto for a while, I think it's great, they've embraced the uh, personality, mm-hmm. but this is the person that used to change like every week that it was like sausage, towel, <laughs> beans, Mario, toilet, toilet. Uh, one point they they sent a question to the forum. It was like, "What should my name and Abby be?" And I said, "Do make it Captain America." And they found a fucking picture of a dude with body paint,
1: and you can see his dick, <laughs> Captain America.
0: And it's just like they put the name as Juicy Cap. <laughs> <laughs> but I love I the amount of love I have for them is just it's it's incredible. Uh, so the question says, "How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish?" You know what's so good about those questions? I have no fucking idea who Bobby Fish is. I mean, I know who Bobby Fisher is, the chess prodigy. Um, but was that, is that just a take on, like, the how much wood could a woodchuck chuck of a wood could, chuck could chuck wood? But if there's a gentleman named Bobby Fish, like, he could, you could fry fish. Unless it's Yeah, but there's something, there. there, there let Bobby. me just
2: put it this way. There's something that's, uh, that's to this question. These, these are the hard-hitting ones for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you it, remember it's the it's the use of the word could so what why can't he you know but are you, are you if i had to, to dissect this yeah well if i had to speculate i don't know bobby or his fish or his fry um but uh if if he could fry fish uh, depending on if he made it as a career i mean 20 years um Probably like close, to like one hundred twenty six thousand fish. Probably,
0: yeah, totally. I guess. Yeah, I, I'm ready to well, go to the next remember, one for you.
2: That's also if he could, but he can't. So right. Yeah, I'm ready for the next one.
0: Okay, so let me let me let me tee this up here. You missed this, I think. I did. So Chas Skelly um we didn't talk about this chaz kelly versus jamal emmers was a fight that was on the card chaz kelly made it to the octagon and then they said uh jamal emmers can't make it He was having back spasms they pulled him from the card like medically like the, the doctors that were waiting they pulled him from the card that was crazy wild as fuck so chaz is in the back doing a media scrum and he just starts singing they they called it karaoke but it's not fucking karaoke uh he sang like the first half of the tenacious d song her gently, this is one of the best songs of all time. It's true. And the homie Struggle Face Tom, which is why I call back to earlier, uh, he tweeted out the video or like quote tweeted someone and, and he tagged me and said, uh, Your turn or something like that. It was like, you know, your move, I think he said. And I was like, All right, I'll finish the song. And I did the second half. And this gentleman, who's the man, by the way, John Noble at JS Noble 16 said to sing the whole, the whole one, the whole song. And that Leo is what I'm about to do. So just sit back and enjoy the magic. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. This is a song for the ladies, but fellas, listen closely. You don't always have to fuck her hard. In fact,
1: sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you gotta make some love And fucking give us some smooches too Sometimes you got to squeeze Sometimes you got to say please Sometimes you got to say hey I'm gonna fuck you Softly I'm gonna screw you gently I'm gonna hump you sweetly gonna ball you discreetly and then you say hey i bought your flowers and then you say wait a minute sally i think i got something in my teeth could you get out for me that's, that's fucking fucking teamwork. Teamwork. what's your favorite position That's cool with me It's not my favorite But I'll do it for you What's your favorite dish? I'm not gonna cook it But I'll order it from Zanzibar And then I'm gonna love you completely And then I'll fucking fuck you discreetly And then I'll fucking bone you completely But then I'm gonna fuck it.
0: And that, my friends, was probably uncomfortable for most of you listening, but I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Um,
2: yeah, also are we gonna get sued, right? We can't like do that whole song.
0: No, we won't get sued.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I'm Jewish. My family's made of lawyers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he literally said, no, no,
0: that's not going to happen. Are you kidding me? No one is keeping an eye on my little show, like our little show. Sorry. Uh, when I used to do those covers all the time of like parody songs or whatever, no one gave a fuck, man. Like I've done so many by now. And if, like, if, if I was going to get taken down, it would have been that.
2: Oh, good point. <sighs>
0: Um, this next question is from the Pick and Mix Pod at Pick and Mix Pod. It's probably my man Harry running the account, uh, but shout out to these lads. I, I went on their show a couple of times, and I really like it. Um, <laughs> he tweeted me, by the way. I don't know if you remember uh, his last question. He was like, "I think it was before, actually, before you came on later." He was like, "Let's cancel wrestling against Brits, please." <laughs> but then, he, but because Aspinall actually got had some good wrestling in this fight, he was like uh i take back my previous statement so he's like all american wrestling is better than all aspinall wrestling or no sorry all the way around all aspinall wrestling better than all american wrestling discuss and he said question to leo what is your favorite film of all time before we get to you i just want to say no all american (laughs) wrestling better than all aspinall wrestling but i love the enthusiasm and i love aspinall in general
2: right I agree.
0: Um, my
2: favorite film of all time is Taxi Driver. Nice. I um, have loved that movie uh, since I was very young, um, which is kind of strange. But It is strange. Uh, yeah. it's, it's very strange to like that movie at a, at a very young age. But, um, you know, my brother showed it to me. He was like, this is a good movie. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But upon recently watching it again, um, I just, you know, was like, oh, I feel like watching it again. It just solidified um, why it's my favorite, and um, also uh, very controversial. This is not a film podcast. Uh, Joker was not a good movie. Um, I don't care I what anyone says. Uh, I can't. I can't. Um, it was just such a nothing movie.
0: But such a nothing movie. It's a very specific
2: thing that happened before that movie went up, which was Martin Scorsese was attached to do something with that film, and he walked away. And the reason why he walked away. Is blatantly obvious in the movie, if you watch the movie Joker, um, he walked away because they literally just ripped off Taxi Driver, and ripped off um, the King of Comedy that he did as well. He put those, they put those two in a blender, and Joker came out, but with no substance. Yeah. So, with that being said, uh, with Taxi Driver, um, it is an amazing, amazing look at how someone can be so different from everyone else, not to cheer for Travis Bickle, but you look at what happens and why these progressions happen in the movie. I mean, he, he's, he's wandering. He's a wanderer the entire, the time before this, he gets into the taxi because he wants to keep wandering. Sybil Shepard comes out of nowhere. He's like, I got to pursue this in a very interesting way. First date goes well. He's like, "Wow, this is great. I have some sort of semblance of a direction." Second date goes terribly. Human connection is what he's after. He tries it with her, it fails terribly. Then he tries it with um uh, just a man in general. He says what he says and the and his quote-unquote friend doesn't give him the advice he's looking for and he's like, "Wow, everybody sucks." Then Jody Faw- the progression of this movie and the way that Robert De Niro as an actor is in that movie is amazing, so but the progression of Martin Scorsese's the, uh, of the script um, and the way that Martin Scorsese directs that movie to where it to get to its point is the most beautiful way that anyone could ever direct a movie ever. So we can talk about it for hours. I could talk about it. I could dissect that thing for hours if you wanted to, but just upon watching it recently, I bawled a lot more than I thought I ever would. And it's weird. It, nice. It's just, it's weird. I didn't think I would, I would cry. And I was crying at very interesting moments. And I was like, you know, he's just trying to reach out. He's just trying, you know, he's just trying for, for something. And like it, I was crying so much and I I'll admit that I cry a lot. Um, Actually I don't cry a lot, but it's just, I just watched yeah. the movie. It just has, like i said it solidified why it's my favorite movie anyway uh I
0: have a feeling that he asked this because he may want to get you on the show
2: okay um well i'm and talk I about am, that movie so that's why i known. am as available as i can be uh also i will say hey remember that time we said we we're not going to do three hours and we're approaching three hours
0: we're, we, we still got time don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh so with that, let's pivot to the next question. The homie Mixed to Man, um, at Mixed to Man, Mixed to doo. Um, he says, with Biggie Boy and Frenchie next weekend. What if that was Cyril Gann's nickname, by the way? Cyril <laughs> Frenchie. Uh, with Biggie Boy and Frenchie next weekend, A versus Iganu end of March, John Jones in the Wings, Black Beast and Volkov fresh off decisive wins. How do you see the heavyweight playing out over the next two to six months? And this... It's a really hard question. It's a great fucking question, but it's a really hard question because, like you said, you have this match between Cyril and, and Rosenstroik, which is like, it, in, in a way, they're both kind of contenders, but it's definitely not a number one contenders matchup. Like, they're kind of vying for that middle spot, for that like number two spot. And and then you have Derek Lewis and Volkov, who are, like he said, coming off fresh wins. Stepe and Ganu is gonna happen. And it's already been confirmed by Dana, even though we kind of knew this for a while, but he officially said it, the winner of that fight is facing John Jones. So John Jones is gonna is gonna face the winner of Stepe and Ganu, probably like you said, international fight week. Um so as far as that goes, that's already getting us to he said two to six months, like that's kind of there, like that would put us at August on the outside of that, in the six month. And I don't know if we'll have like a second title defense by that time, because maybe they even don't even book it for July. Maybe maybe whoever wins that fight needs to heal and needs to take more time. And so it's really hard to answer, but I can tell you this, like heavyweight is the most exciting it has been probably since I've been actively watching MMA, definitely since I've been doing this podcast, definitely since like a couple years before that. And it's just, it's so, there's so many contenders right now because you could do, uh, you know, either Volkov or Derek versus the winner of Biggie Boy and Rosenstrike for like a, a number one contenders fight, or you could have Derek and well, not Derek and Volkov rematch, doesn't really make a lot of sense, but I don't know. There's just, there's so many, uh, options, and I just, I just hope that they keep the title moving. That's all I, all I want.
2: Yeah. The only thing I can think of, uh, like is like to give you like a, how I see it. I'm um, just like a, my prediction. Um, well, fuck. Damn it. I wish, <laughs> you know, I'm, no, I'm just gonna tell you my, my pick for my pick for next week at the top is biggie boy. I, I'm not, I know you want to save it on ceremony, but this is what That's happens. Fine. Um, just for this question specifically, uh, biggie boy wins. And wins biggie boy, black beast fight. Nganu, John Jones fight. John Jones, mm, Or In-Ganu, uh fight Black Beast.
0: Uh, Did you say Nganu or Nganu? Uh, no, Jones- I,
2: said, I said John Jones or Nganu.
0: I think you were saying John Jones is going to fight either Nganu or Stipe.
2: No, no, I was going to say that. that Shit, <laughs> this fucking division. Exactly, it's it's so. Stocked, uh, it's man. a lot, but but th- my my prediction would be that those are the like Black Beast. Whoever's going to win between Frenchie and, and Biggie Boy, I think is going to fight Derek Lewis next because of how much inactivity there is. Uh, mm-hmm. There would be, uh, especially with bay and the John Jones thing. So that's what I think will happen next. Will be Biggie Boy or or Cyril uh, against Black Beast, and then shit, even Volkov. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. ex- the division's got a lot of changes literally in the next four weeks. So,
0: and my whole thing, and I, I'm pretty sure they, they do this often. So it's not like they, there's a small chance, but like whoever you want to get to be, have a title eliminator, put them on the same card. Like do John Jones versus the winner of Steve Angano on that card. Do Derek Lewis versus Rosenstreich or Cyril or, or whatever or Volkov versus one of those guys. Do it yep
2: i agree
0: fucking a so so that's it for the forum and so now we're at the part of the show where we're going to look ahead to next week and we're going to give our picks for um the fights i am really excited i'm just pulling these up here i have my picks but do you want to go first
2: uh sure scroll down for me
0: uh i think the i think think this is the main card that they're going to do oh that's it oh that's all of them all right right, right, i forgot forgot on the the main card here Uh, i forgot
2: that we were picking um just the main card as we do uh literally forgot our show format (laughs) (laughs) um okay so uh i think okay ready i think we're just going to disagree on three this this evening
0: oh you're looking at mine already
2: yeah uh yeah, I, we were going to, it was going to be two again like last time, but I think it's three. Um, and I'm, and I'm just guessing at this point. Um, Alex Caceres over mm-hmm. Kroom.
0: So you agree? That's my pick. Let's mm-hmm. do one by one.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's Lee my. So he has pick.
0: Alex Caceres. Um, you have Alex I, Caceres. I also have Alex Caceres.
2: Uh, I also have Angela Hill. We're not even going to, we're not mm-hmm. even going to talk about that.
0: We both, you lo- do you love it, Angie as much as I do I don't, I yes really, she's great yeah we're both big Angela hill fans that's what I thought um
2: I have Jimmy Rivera
0: okay so I have Pedro Muñoz and okay. I uh I'm really glad that this fight has moved here because it was supposed to take place I think last week or the week before and it, and it fell out. and my homie Rhino on his podcast he picked the Jimmy Rivera win by third round submission and I was just like how in God's green earth is Jimmy Rivera? who is built like a boulder, going to submit uh, a high-level black belt like Pedro Munoz. And honestly, if that happens, I will uh, let Rhino give me a golden shower. Wow.
2: Okay, buddy. <laughs> hey, Hey, do you remember whenever you said something like that last time and it didn't pay off? It didn't pay off at all nicely. It didn't. Yeah. yeah. You're right.
1: <laughs> That's why not have you to that. Give me in
2: check. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, maybe don't say that. So, so just so you guys know, that is stricken from the record. Uh, Juice will not be accepting. Juicy will not be accepting a golden shower from anyone. At we live any time. in
0: different states, and it's a pandemic. Like, what am I going to do? Drive to Michigan and have him pee on me? Like, first of all, it's not going to happen. So that, okay. that doesn't even So he,
2: for some reason, keeps talking like uh, he's putting up this scenario like it will happen. Uh, so just again, once again, that is not what's going to happen guys and it's not stricken from the record and you guys will not egg him on to have that happen please thank you
0: i wonder if lanta brown listens to my show still she used to or she has a couple times she may enjoy this part that's all i'm saying and we're moving on but that's all, right, all i'm uh,
2: saying i got uh montana de la rosa
0: okay so this is this is a fight montana de la rosa versus Myra bueno silva I went back and forth on this a while, but then I remember that Myra Buenos Silva had a, a good showing her last fight, and uh, she has tools to to really give Montana some problems. So, yep. so that's, that's what I'm well, thinking. But you got Montana? Mm-hmm.
2: And then I have Ankalaev. Yep.
0: Okay. Yep. I almost picked Ankalaev too. This is another one I went back and forth. And it's important to know, so he's fighting Nikita Krylov. That's my pick. I'm picking Nikita. And I was remembering um Uncle Live's debut. Now, since that debut, he's looked like an absolute killing machine, mm-hmm. um, other than the fact that he spent way too much time trying to complete the rematch with Iwan Kutalaba. Should never have happened. Yeah. But his debut against Paul Craig, he spent... Um, he spent 14 minutes and 50 seconds beating the dog shit out of Paul Craig and then got caught in a triangle, and he tapped. Nikita Krylov is tough as fuck, and he has decent submissions, but he also likes to scrap it out on the feet. Uh, Nikita Krylov, until fighting um, Glover Teixeira, he had not ever gone to the, the scorecards. He was either kill or be killed. Like He would get finished mm-hmm. or he would finish somebody. Um, that's the kind of fight we're in for. I'm predicting Nikita Krylov, but uh, you got okay. on alive so we'll see.
2: Yeah, so we're we're three, we're three odds and three. Actually, we're about to be four odds. I think uh, Jorginho is going to win.
0: And I, I think, go ahead.
2: I think, uh, yeah, I think I think Biggie Boy. After what just happened, I think uh, I think he's got he's got a little bit of heat on him, um, and I think he, I think he's got a lot more to prove. I think he's going to fight in there with a lot of heart. And yeah, um, I, I, I think just that, I think the grit that he's, he's going to tell himself that he can't lose is going to be there. And if he gets knocked out, then here we are.
0: Yeah. Honestly, this is a tough one. Like, uh, like Yugi was saying, like Cyril has some holes uh, and Jarzino could exploit those. Jarzino's got that amazing power. Like I was really high on him when he came in, like he, he knocked out Alan Crowder with a jab. I was just like, Oh my God, this guy's the next coming of Christ. Um, and then he kind of lost to Overeem for most of the fight until he obliterated his lip and somehow got a win there. And then Ooh. got knocked out by Nganu. So I'm still not sure where to put on Ro- on Rosenstrike. That's ultimately where I went because like I kind of know where Cyril is right now in his career, or he's this young up and comer beating the shit out of people, and he's riding that confidence, and I think that's going to pay off. Okay. That said we're at the end of our show look at that look at that is there anything you wanted to close out with leo
2: uh no thank you guys for listening and um you know we'll be back as many times as you guys want us to be and and please you know don't listen
0: no we definitely do listen (laughs) but if they're listening they're already listening yeah, exactly that's if the thing looked- i never said about like podcasts at the end they're like you can listen to our podcast everywhere podcasts are found i'm like they probably they found know-. it no yeah they exactly like they, they got here <laughs> they found um, it bro but uh you know you can follow the show at fwm underscore pod it seemed like it's always been we haven't changed it yet or we may never change it leo and i were talking about this um follow we'll leo please leo plug your handle i know you, you don't care about it but i do
2: Yeah, it's uh, at Leo GH two one one three on both uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter.
0: Yeah, everywhere. So so give Leo a follow. And uh, all I want to say is good night and good fights.